This week on Invasion the Podcast, the night Steve came back from Halloween 45. Was W-N-U-F-F-U-N. Also, how many ghosts were actually watched? And we will find out who will make the greater haunted attraction. Halloween's coming. What are you going to do about it? Say happy Halloween. Again, happy Halloween. Get your hands on the spooky sounds tape. Halloween. A time for children. Parties. Good times. <laughs> Halloween was a special time. Until the invasion of the podcast. Welcome to the world of terror. Tales of horror that will give you the creeps. Goblins. Werewolves. Stephen King. Vampires. Erotic clown. The perfect treat for your little monsters. <laughs> Welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take the world, take over the world one listener at a time, uh, erotic clowns and all. My name is Paul, and uh, yeah, we, Steve's here. He's back from his trip. Uh, he was out doing some investigating. Hello, everyone. Yes, I've, I've come back from California, the, the land of sunshine and movies and high gas prices. So. <laughs> the, the land of Illinois and Ohio. Right. Yes. Or, 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 yeah, yeah. So, and we're joined. Uh, we're joined by a guest, a guest and friend of the show, and friend, uh, you know, just in, in, in for real's life, Nathaniel of At the Devil's Ball. Welcome, sir. Hi. Thanks, uh, Steve. Did you visit the the dinosaur? Were you running around with a little uh, uh, lunchbox? California. <laughs> no, I did. No, I, not you know that. that did not even come into my head. Uh, that's a wizard reference, right? Yes. It's indeed yes. a wizard reference. Yeah. Uh, I never miss an opportunity to make a reference to the wizard. Right. It's so bad. It is so bad. Uh, so it's so bad. Just like the power glove. It is so bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, w- this is going to be our first of uh, two Halloween episodes we're going to be doing uh, this month. Um, and I, and Thane, I haven't spoken to you about this yet directly. I guess I won't drop it on you right now. Uh, we're hoping to, like, I'm going to have Terry on from Strange Highways. I, th- we're, I think we're going to cover Kiss versus the Phantom of the Park. The, the made for huh. TV movie. I don't know if you guys would be in for that or not. And we could figure out why. I think it'd be fun to do something silly like that. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. Sure, we would. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Of course. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, I like getting commitments live while I'm recording. Uh, well, I think I think you guys are also being uh, invited to ours. Oh, I think. Okay. We'll see. So, yeah. But Sam's if we invite you first, a, and then you have to show up at our. Uh, we can't. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this episode this evening, we're going to be talking about two. I've been calling them live footage horror films uh like because we'll, we'll explain more later one's the wnuf halloween special and the other one's ghost watch both of these are available to watch on as internet dot internet archive.org so people have not seen either one of these go watch them they're free go go watch them online but it's gonna be a fun talk we do have a little bit of news we have a game at the end that i've come up with where both of you are going to come come up with a haunted attraction um and we'll see how how amazing they are at the end it's gonna be silly Hmm. All right. <laughs> okay. So, so Steve, I guess I know we would talk about your trip, but since it's going to kind of roll into a story about Halloween, like Jesus think we should just cover this all as news as opposed to like our normal 20 minute discussion about sure. whatever. Okay, cool. Let's just get to some news. Woo, look at, look at that. It's only three minutes in news.
news, everyone. All right, take it away, Steve. All right. So my wife and I have been trying to go to California uh, for a vacation since uh, the uh, pandemic. Uh, so uh, every year something has happened that has kept us from being able to take a trip. So we finally got to take that trip just uh, last week, uh, actually. Um, I went to, uh, well, we went to Los Angeles, but uh, more appropriately, we then went to Pasadena, which is a home, as m- most of you Halloween fans know, to Haddonfield. Um, we went to the Halloween 45 uh, convention, um, but I'll just mention real quick before we did that, we went to Universal. Um, we did horror nights there. Um, unfortunately felt like we were being shoved through the, uh, the mazes cause there's some beautiful design work, some really cool effects and things that are just ruined because they're off timed. Um, particularly like Chucky, for instance, Chucky's got a lot of animatronics and it's a scare zone or haunt. Um, and you know, there's a little Chucky who will like come out from behind a wall and start chasing you. That's animatronic. But if you see it coming and going already as you're walking into the room, like it, it just, it, you know, you see it like three times in a row. It doesn't really have much effect. So that was the the biggest issue that we had at Universal Horror Nights. Um, When asked what I thought the best attraction was, I would say it was the Universal Monsters. I think it's called Collide or Unite. Um, But uh, that one was my favorite of the night. Stranger Things could have taken from them as my favorite however uh they were missing one important piece of music um and moments from the last season of stranger things and it was not kate bush so are you talking um, about metallica is that what you're trying to say that there was no metallica yes yes there was there was no metallica there was no eddie playing the guitar on top of the trailer which i thought would have been a fantastic piece to have within the haunted house but was there kate bush involved uh, you know what? I, I feel like, I feel like there was, and somebody could probably like go look it up and find out and like, no, you're completely wrong. But like, <laughs> um, I, I feel like Kate Bush was featured in there some, at some point. I feel um, like, uh, I feel like a haunt based on stranger things would just be them throwing like a pawn shop's worth of eighties memorabilia at you. Like, no. like, there's no way jumping out. They just jump out and be like, you know, here's um, uh, like here's here is like a physical copy of an LP of Metallica. Like, it's the, it's <laughs> the nostalgia uh, uh, demogoblin or demogorgon comes out, right, and distracts you with, yeah. the, with nostalgia. <laughs> you know, Star Wars used to be, uh, you know, uh, yeah. okay, demogorgon, you know. Uh, Everything's woke now. Yells the Gamma Gorgon jumping out behind the wall. You didn't mention The Last of Us. Was that one kind of disappointing? Because I was excited to hear your thoughts on that uh, one. No, it was well done. But again, it was one where there were certain things that were timed that we saw like three times because we were either being pushed through or stuck. Um, No, uh, The Last of Us was really great. But like, there's only so much I can hear. Like, Ellie, get down. Bang, bang. (laughs) Five seconds goes away, goes by, and then it runs again. You know, um, fair enough. So, I don't know. It, it was, it was, it was good, but you know, we had better trips in the past to Universal. Um, I felt like there was one other thing that I wanted to mention. Um, yeah. Uh, well, but what was about the Universal Monsters uh, one that you liked a lot? 
Uh, I thought the scare. Oh, okay. Well, the scares were all timed right. <laughs> I think that was the only one that it really felt like the, like we were actually going through, and they knew where we were and were responding to us. But the the scares were all really cool. They had you know they didn't use like the you know, and I love Frankenstein. I love Dracula. I love Bride. You know, Wolfman. Um, although I guess Wolfman is in this one, but like. They they had you know Phantom of the, the Opera as one of the characters you know um, that was in the haunt and uh, um, I believe uh, oh man why well, can't I think of it Hunchback the Hunchback of I guess just the Hunchback yeah. um, I wanted to say of Notre Dame but I'm like I don't really know if that's really what their version is or not but long story short it focused on like some of the Universal horror monsters that you don't hear about that much. But it was just really well designed, um, and it was pretty cool just to go and see it. The the other thing I was going to mention that was a disappointment was is uh, they have the the whole town up from Nope from the like sideshow. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and they built it into it. They were like, oh, we've got a scare zone here, so like it's it's people dressed up like they're from us. Which I'm like, I get they're both Jordan Peele movies, but I don't really no, know that this weird. works that yeah. well. But like we were kind of shoved through that, and I'm like, you know, give me just five minutes to walk around. Like, just the fact that this is an actual movie set from something very recent and a movie that I really enjoyed, I would love to just look around and you know see mm-hmm. how it's laid out and kind of so, take in the small details of the set. So they actually they actually put the actual set in, but then they made it into a haunted attraction. Yeah, so when I say a haunted attraction, though, it's really just the people from us standing, you know, and like chasing you. Right, but the the, universal backlot. I mean, maybe they built that, and that's maybe that's where they shot it. Like, I don't know if they didn't move. I don't think they moved the set, right? Like the actual physical set for the um, whatever it is, like the little fantasy town, like the western town, right? That's what you're talking about, Steve. Yeah, so maybe that's what it already was. You know, oh, it could be. But I, I would find it odd that they wouldn't just let people like wander through it. Yeah. At their own, at their own pace. Just, why That's couldn't you have to... the large sky butthole just take people sometimes? You know, like just yeah, you know, like I think that would have been you know, worth the price of admission. Like, where are you going? Up here, I guess. You know, yeah, just a yeah, just a giant butthole in the sky. <laughs> um, That's... would uh, would definitely improve Universal's uh, uh, overall appeal. I think, yeah. Did they, did they also let no, a it's, but it's very strange did, that they, did they allowed, let a primate they run like, around? Did they just let a primate run around and see what happens? That would have been way better too. If they would no, I, I would, I would, uh, I would pay a little bit of money to just hang out with a primate for yeah, sure. Well, not that one, yeah. not from, uh, not from Nope. You know, because if you pop a balloon around them, you know, just, you know, shit's going to turn sideways. Oh, the whole appeal is that the monkey may in fact snap <laughs> and take something. I mean, like you, that's why it's a scare zone, Paul. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Any moment, you pay us ten dollars and you walk through and you hang out with the chimp, and then, but maybe, just maybe. This chimp will turn on you and try to hurt you. If, now, if you're if, lucky, if, it's the guy behind you. But if, if uh, rips your face you off, watch. we give you eight dollars back. Like, it's just like <laughs> uh, but we sign this release form. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that way, if you are sent to the hospital, uh, Universal Pictures will not be sued. Yeah, they'll just be like, "Oh, medical bills? Nope." That's the new. Yeah, nope. Uh, so, no, that'll be the new. Uh, that's the new William Castle right there. I think. Like the, yeah. the gimmick is like a monkey may in fact kill you. 
Um, but maybe not. Yeah. So Steve, this like, was your vacation and we're talking all about it. I apologize. So continue. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, so we'll go, we'll go on to the next day. Universal was, you know, it was good, but it, it could have been better. Um, the next day we took a bus tour, um, that was an eight hour bus tour of locations from Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween three, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, uh, and then movies like Nightmare on Elm Street and Christine. Um, basically, we got to see a lot of uh, locations. This was both good and bad. Um, so when you hear bus tour, you think, you know, oh, well, you know, you get on the bus, you go see a location, you sit down and or you, you know, you, you see the location, get back on the bus, go to the next one. Egg Shen is driving. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, this, however, I think we walked five miles that day just between locations, um, which was a little frustrating. I don't, I don't remember. I just remember looking at the amount of steps that I took that day, and I was like, wow, I haven't walked this far in, like, I don't know, a year. Um, this is like a month's worth of walking for me normally. But uh, there was there was a lot of walking and not knowing where we're going. So I'm just like, I guess we just follow the group. Um, but it was it was cool. Um, we got to see the hospital from Halloween two. Uh, we got to uh, get kicked out of the uh, hospital from Halloween two. Um, Wait, the what? Uh, <laughs> you said you got kicked out. Like what happened? Yeah. So apparently there's some sort of weird. I don't know. The cop came out and told us about it, like a weird layering of how like the place is laid out. Like part of it is part of the government, but part of it is the city of Los Angeles. And then there was a third district that he was talking about. And we're like, dude, we don't care. Just let us go. We'll, we'll go back to our bus. And we'll, we'll leave happily. Um, and you know, he didn't cite us or anything, but, uh, basically, because there's working facilities on there and, you know, I, I think they also work with veterans. Um, they thought that people might be, you know, taking photos of in catching, you know, mm -hmm. whatever in the background. Um, so that was the only location we were kicked out of. Um, oh, um, this was a, just you and your wife or the whole tour? Uh, yeah, the, the, the whole tour. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking it'd be pretty funny if you and just just you and your wife were like wandering around a hospital, and they were like, "You have no, to leave." We actually never. <laughs> you made specifically it have to leave. We, we never went inside. It was outside um, locations, like where the uh, security oh. guard gets attacked by a cat um, in uh, Halloween Two, uh, or where Jamie is laying outside. Uh, uh, Jamie, sorry, Lori is laying outside. Uh, on the ground in Halloween too, and lining that shot up, stuff like that. Um, oh, okay. That's pretty cool though. Yeah. And we went to a lot of, a lot of locations. I won't go through all of them. The highlights for me, um, was getting to actually, it's not even Halloween related, but the fact that I got to see the Elm street house, uh, just made me so happy. Um, and then we also went across the street to Glenn's house. Cause it's actually, that house is really there. Um, and I was like, man, I, I get to be where Johnny Depp was eaten by his own bed. Um, we, oh, uh, 
uh, we went and saw the church, the church from the fog, which was really, that's cool. really cool. Like, yeah, cool. when we were posting pictures, showing some of that stuff, like I didn't even think about that being a possible location for whatever reason, but that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, uh, just taking it in and like the fact that the church was cool about like, yeah, you can in, take photographs, do whatever you want. I mean, there was, I don't know, probably a hundred, 150 people in this tour group between the two buses. So there's a lot of people, <laughs> um, but it was really cool to see. And, and, um, did, you know, did the I'm ghost not... of Hal Holbrook show up with some red eyes and like, you know, <laughs> he did not, but oh. I did get to stand in the spot where uh, Carpenter's standing at the beginning of the film when he's playing the handyman. Nice. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, that is cool. Yeah. Did you, so, uh, visit the location in which Tina in part five was killed because I, I, if you didn't pour one out for <laughs> Tina, uh, I, I would be upset. Well, we couldn't visit locations from uh, four, five, or six because they were filmed in Utah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just like the idea that Steve, what an eight-hour bus trip, is bringing like uh, a thing of malt, like a malt liquor with him, just in case to pour it's out a horror, memory. It's a horror location tour group. There was alcohol, right? Yeah, but I'm talking like he has you like know, you know a I Colt mean, 45 walking around, just like dumping it in other people. I love. I didn't it. say it had to be. I mean, it, it, Tina's not doesn't mean that much to me that it had to be a 40. I mean, it could have been a Bud. Okay, that's I mean, fair. You know, fair whatever. Enough, yeah. But. Uh, but no, Tina, that's also a, that's doubles as a throwback to Steve coming on our show and talking about five with us. So, yes, uh, you guys, I wouldn't say turn me around cause it's still my least favorite in the series, but I, I appreciated that you guys got something out of it that I didn't. So. so are you saying that like next fall you, you and your wife are going to go to Utah and look at all those locations and take that tour? <laughs> uh, no. yeah, but you could also visit all the places in Carnival of Souls too in Utah. Yes. Ooh. Well, kind of. I don't think there's. I don't think there's anything else going on. No, in that, that that original um that 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 original location. There was three of them, and that one's no longer around. But there is the one it was built after. But you can still visit that. I anyway. We just recently covered Carnival Souls on Strange Highways, and I did research. I apologize. Continue. I'm talking no, it's too great. much. It's a, it's fun, but... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, continue. Yeah, so, continue about uh, your story. I'll shut up. Maybe not, but continue, please. No, no, no. Uh, we we also obviously we went and saw the Myers house. Um, but we split off from our tour group at this point because it was the end of the day and they were going to look at a couple more locations. And, uh, I, uh, Kathy and I decided that we'd rather go check out this gallery that's right behind the Myers house, which is called the Sugarman gallery. And it's nothing but, uh, Halloween art. It's, it was really cool. Um, beautiful paintings, beautiful artwork, photography, um, all dedicated to Halloween, just really cool stuff in there. Um, if you guys are in Pasadena for any reason ever, go check out the Sugar Mint. Um, they've got really cool stuff there. Um, but yeah, that was that was day two, and then day three, the convention started. Um, I I got uh, Nick Castle on my Halloween poster and had him also sign a issue one of a last starfighter comic because I didn't have a poster that I really wanted to take for him mm -hmm. or, or for last starfighter or, and I wasn't finding anything. I was like, ah, I kind of want to have something unique. And, uh, uh, when I, I came across that, I was like, Oh, well, I bet you he doesn't sign very many comics. So 
he signed that for me and he's like, you know, Lance is over here because Lance guest is huh. in Halloween too. Yes. And I'm like, yes, I'm aware. I'm I'm gonna go get Mr. Alex Rogan's uh signature on this as well. Don't you worry. Um but uh yeah, I, I got to get a lot of signatures on my Halloween and Halloween three poster. Um and actually I, I, I got two signatures for 2018 i I met uh james jude courtney and uh chris nelson who did the effects um chris nelson does a podcast that i really like called uh the thing with two heads with him and sean clark sean clark was actually one of the people behind the convention um but uh yeah it was it was a it was a good two days um you know getting signatures meeting people um overspending on merchandise um well, I mean, but, you uh, you knew what you were getting into, of course, and you guys were expecting that, right? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. like it's yeah. like going to Las Vegas and being like not packing another couple hundred bucks that you know that's just going to go away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to know you're if you're going to Las Vegas, you know you're going to be spending money, and if you know you're going to a horror convention, you know you're going to spend money. That's why I try not to go to. Them. <laughs> I don't have any money, so I'm like, you know, I'd love to go to one, but I'm kind of like, I'll end up buying too much shit. For sure, and I won't have anywhere to put it. Yeah, but yeah, and then uh, you know uh, that just uh, reminded me. Um, I didn't mention Tommy Lee Wallace, but easily one of the nicest people I've ever met at a convention. Um, he had the director slate from uh, Halloween Three sitting there. I was like, "Can I take a photo of it?" He's like, "Sure, you can take as many photos as you like." Uh, just a super nice guy, and I, you know, as I did with Carpenter, as I do with pretty much anybody, I just I'm like. There's nothing I can say that you haven't heard. Just let me say thank you for being a, you know, a big part of my childhood or my memories of, of growing up or whatever, you know, something along those lines. Um, but everybody was awesome. Um, Stacy Nelkin, who was uh, the, the lead in Halloween three, um, she uh, she went to sign my my poster and she's like, oh, do you want me to put a quote on there? And I'm like sure she's like do you have a quote that you want i'm like no if you have something that you like go ahead and put it on there and she wrote uh where would you like to sleep mr chalice <laughs> and uh i was like that's a great quote thank you so much i'm like i would have never even thought of asking you to write that so thank you um so yeah that that part of the convention was really good um and then uh on sunday um, word got out. That Sorry, didn't you have a work. beer with a certain person uh, from Halloween Three? Didn't the both of you? Yeah, that's yeah. that's on. That's after. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm messing no, up okay. the order of events of your vacation. How dare I? Conti- please continue. Sorry. Yes. So, uh, yeah, on day three, it, it, I, I keep saying it got out. It was announced that John Carpenter was coming for this panel. Um, so there was a. 45th anniversary panel with John Carpenter, Nick Castle, Tommy Lee Wallace. Um, I feel like Nancy Loomis and PJ souls both showed up, but it was very like, it was typical Carpenter, you know, talking about uh, whether it was like, why did you do that? Cause he was like, I like money or, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm old. I can't hear. So you're going to have to speak up or, like he literally ended the, the the panel by saying, "You know what, folks? I'm old and I want to go home." <laughs> that's that's how the panel ended. Um, so yeah, that was that was fun. It was a nice little surprise. 
Um, but the end of the trip was there was an event where you could actually sit in the bar from Halloween 3 with Mr. Tom Atkins. And uh, that was pretty great. Um, Tom Atkins, also one of those people, if you ever get to meet him at a convention, he's the nicest guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this also because we rode up with him in an elevator twice um, when he didn't have to be on and he didn't have to be just a sweet old man. Like, he was just as nice as could be. So, Tom Atkins, if he's at a convention, guys, go meet him because he's worth the money and he's a good dude. So... But yeah, I, I got my photo in the Buccaneer, which is the the bar uh, in Pasadena. Uh, actually, I don't think it's in Pasadena. I think it's, I don't know. It was like 20 minutes away. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, the only thing was is that I didn't actually get to have a drink with him. So they're like, you know, because we're moving things along. They're like, you're just going to take the photo with Tom and oh. he's going to have a drink. And I'm like, all right, I guess. But yeah, it's fine. The photo turned out okay. Did you tell so. me like, listen, this is not throw me. I do not. I do not appreciate this. <laughs> Between this and no flying butthole at the nope thing, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, Steve, I'm know, sorry it's, that it's you didn't been, get you didn't get the flying butthole on California. I mean, you know, like it's the, a rough. Uh, that sounds like a rough gig. Yeah. Here's the one thing that I will say is is that uh, I've never really feared for my wife ever leaving me for an actor. But the way she talks about Tom Atkins now, she's like, oh, I get it now. Oh, she's, she's on like, that's... after meeting him, yeah. she's like, I totally get why everybody it's funny. Yeah, I, him. I just watched, uh, I just showed Halloween 3 to some of my, a couple of my staff members. They'd never seen it before. And they didn't get that at all. I was like, Tom Atkins is supposed to be this big, like, sex symbol. She's like, I don't know. I don't get that. I'm like, all right. but sure. more, more for us. Like, you know, like <laughs> we're all, we're all on the Atkins like, diet. Are, you know, guys, we get it. It's fine. You know, so you guys aren't into, you guys aren't into dad bod. And they're like, no, not really. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Steve, if, if you're worried, I gotta let you know, he will be making an appearance in our, our, um, part of the world in the fall, sorry, in the spring, uh, at, at uh, cinema wasteland. So I, I will not tell your wife that, um, just to. <laughs> well i for uh my birthday she was like what do you want to do i'm like i kind of like i want to stay home because my my birthday was this past sunday i'm like oh yeah it's I our, just wanna... we should mention it's our birthday week it's our you and i it's our birthday week right because yeah, yeah mine yeah. was sunday oh, yeah it's birthday tuesday today right but no no mine no, was, was tuesday yeah so oh, um, oh yeah but, yeah, but yeah, it's funny because like yeah our birthdays are like so close to each other but yeah anyway so it's our birthday week our my, my present to steve was nathaniel so we i didn't didn't want to get into it too, too much but you know oh thank you yeah, yeah anyway yeah, yeah. um I, I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say for my birthday. I only wanted one thing, and I thought it was for my wife to sleep with. You know, and I would have been like that. Okay, let's okay, do it. You but know. You know. all right, oh, this, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Continue, please. Yeah, Steve, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So for my my birthday, you know, I was like, let's just stay home, and I'm like, I'll put together like a little like mini like. The marathon that we can watch. Um, I was going to say movie marathon, and then I, I got stuck because uh, I threw in TV shows as well. So, like, we watched an episode of the real Ghostbusters where uh, um, the villain is Sam Hain, uh, not Sawin, but uh, Sam Hain. Uh, there's uh, an episode of Amazing Stories from the second season that I really love 
Uh, that's about a kid who wishes life was more like a movie, and then he gets stuck in Psycho. <laughs> um, uh, it's, a, it's a fun episode. Uh, I threw on an old Hardy Boys special for her, um, and because uh, she loves the Hardy Boys. Uh, but then I was like, here's the here's what you really are here for, Kathy. This is what today is all about. And I put on Night of the Creeps for her because she'd never seen it. Nice. Yeah. And she's like, she's like waiting patiently. She's like, I thought you said Tom Atkins. Was I'm like, we're still in the past. Just wait till we get to the future <laughs> and things start going wrong. Trust me. He's in this. She's like, where's my future husband, Tom Atkins? Exactly. Where's Tom Atkins right now? Like, I've been promised Atkins, you know, like <laughs> you said you wanted one thing for your birthday. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you just show her creep show, but you just fast forward. Like you start at the beginning and then you just fast forward to the end and she doesn't care about the middle. Right. So that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, two scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. where he slaps. Uh, uh, Was it Owen? Uh, is it? Is it? Is, uh, no, it's um, it's is it Joe. Uh, uh, Joe Hill. Yeah, Joe. Hill. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say when he when he uh, so he does what many of us would love to do, which is slap Joe Hill in the face. But <laughs> oh. just, yeah, I, I'm 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 funny, Joe. Yeah, I have yeah. no problem with Joe Hill. I just I just like to give him a hard time because so. it's. Uh, <laughs> That's nepotism funny. baby thing but so yeah, so we'll talk about Halloween more in a second but Steve I gotta tell you since you were away uh you know on business uh like doing the Halloween 45 thing and also um evidently you came back with some um important information about the boo buckets coming back to McDonald's like whatever anyway. <laughs> um uh, um that was the 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 thing that that we have here in Cleveland Nathaniel you know about the cinema wasteland weekend uh it was happening and I I it was there attending um and I, Steve you'll be impressed I only bought one thing well, I was there. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, um, you know, kind of because Tom Savini was there, and I'm just like, oh shit, he's here again, you know, like, and I walked over to his table, and he had this like really badass Night Riders print. Like, I have to show you a picture of it, and it was like it was like forty bucks to get it signed by him and get a photo. Like, you know, it's like Tom Savini does not give a shit about anybody. Like, he just he does not care. But- it's like, but the thing is, like, I've met him like before. And I, I, I have a sex machine photo signed somewhere in my house, but I'm like, I don't like, but like it, I didn't see Night Riders at the time. And then I ended up watching Night Riders. I didn't think that movie's goofy, but I liked it. And it was like, so I got him to sign that and I got a photo with him. So yeah, Steve, that's all I got was just Tom Savini being indifferent towards me after spending $40 at his table. So that was my cinema wow. wasteland weekend. So I hope you I, appreciate I, that. I'm surprised no Blu-rays were purchased. No Westerns, no, no. oddball action. Well, 80s. Picks. I looked, I looked, um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, oh shit. Who Diabolique, uh, 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 sorry, Diabolic, whatever. They, they weren't there. They didn't have a table this time. And like the Severin and Vinegar Syndrome tables, like if they already owned it, you know, there wasn't much else there for me to grab stuff. There's like three tables I get to. The rest of it is all, I don't know. Like the, the thing, I'll put this to you. Like you say, you don't go to many horror conventions. And this is one that a lot of us locals here like a great deal. It's a bit much at times. It's very much like you get to those weird, like independent French things going on mm-hmm. like the small it's like it's not my scene and then some of the stuff that people offer there's some stuff that's like you know it, it, people like people like what they like no problem with that no judgments right but the some of it just, it just makes me like queasy and i can't be in that room very long so it's, it, like, yeah. it's like eight millimeter yeah. but like but like but like you know <laughs> not not that bad right there's not like there's not like a curtain where you see silhouettes of people like you know doing their own thing to watch in a movie or anything like that but it's like there's just a lot of this like like independent stuff that's like lower budget that i know it's well-meaning and there's an audience for it's just not my thing not that i'm saying i don't want to support independent filmmaking it's just that they have a target it's not me 
right? So and well, then, I'm the same. Yeah, Sam Ao is is that guy. Like, yeah, no, 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 he's the one. And, and like, I, I'm going to pick I, up. Yes, and I appreciate that's yeah. what he does, right? Like so, yeah, like yeah, it's not my it's not my jam either. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I I have no interest in the birdemics of the world. You know, that's that's all him. So, so yeah, so the one thing we did do this this time around, Steve Nathaniel, you know, because I know last time that you were there, Steve, we had the the crock pot again. Um, all I could think of is that um, my wife bought a tin full of various size googly eyes. So we went around with my one friend, Sarah. We wandered around all over the hotel and put googly eyes over everything. That was the one thing we did over the weekend. So that was my big, our big project was putting googly eyes on all the signs because we're adults. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I spent, um, I spent $40 at the show, uh, bought some drinks and we just put googly eyes on things. So that was, uh, being a grown up. That's what I did. Your trip and vacation was way cooler. Like no doubt. I, I don't know. There were no googly eyes involved. <laughs> so. I didn't hear one mention of a crock pot. So well, I don't no. know. Um, well, it's funny because people kept asking like about crock pots, Steve, you'll appreciate that. Like they were like, I'm like, no, <laughs> like I'm not, no, like just did that become a thing now? Like I didn't like, I didn't realize I had this last, I think people just wanted free food. I think that's really what it was. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that that's uh, so. Let's get to the actual like news news part of this because we like you pointed out a story that you want to talk about. That is, uh, I have it up here. Where is it? Um, nope, that's not it. It was uh, Miramax lands Hollywood. Sorry, Hollywood Halloween TV rights and broad agreement with uh, Trancas plots cinematic universe. So, can you lay this out a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, after uh, Halloween ends, um, the deal with Universal, I believe, lapsed um, after that movie came out. And I, I think it was originally always a three-deal, uh, three-movie deal anyway, so that may have been why it lapsed. I don't know if it was a time thing or whatever, or they missed out on renewing. But long story short, the rights for Halloween basically went back on the market, and you may have noticed that anything that has a recognizable title these days is now being considered as valuable IP. And I'm saying that as somebody who loves Halloween, but like, you know, in a world where they're like, let's bring back full house. Like this, that's the world we live in now. So having a title like Halloween is, is got some cachet to it. Um, where the story gets interesting is, is that they don't say specifically that Miramax gets the film rights. There were, there were rumors going around recently that a 24 got them, um, which I'm just like, well, what does that look like? I'm like both, both intrigued and also like worried, but, uh, <laughs> can't be any worse than what Bloomhouse did with it. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, Skin him a rink, but but with Michael Myers. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. Oh, A24 <laughs> well, did, like, A24 like didn't. But it, there's also, yeah. but you know, the A24 has stuff. Does have some pretty great stuff in their catalog as far as yeah. horror stuff. But no, it's it'd be, it'd be really weird when more. we get uh, Florence Pugh as Michael Myers in an A24 film. That's gonna be really weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd I mean, still all be about be. it. I would have the weirdest boner, but it'd be great. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, weird boners aside. Yeah, weird, weird boners um, aside. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't think the film rights have been announced as to who got them. Maybe, maybe I, I got them. Yeah. 
Um, but this whole idea of a cinematic universe, I'm not quite sure what they mean. Honestly, if they were like, hey, we're going to do a Halloween TV show, and what it's going to be is, is you know, um, Halloween 3, the, you know, just the idea of like every episode's an anthology show, I'd be fine with that. You can't really do Michael there in the sense of like, you can't have him as a Crypt Keeper or a Freddy Krueger type, you know, host. You, you you can't do Freddy's Nightmares with it. But like, if they were like, yeah, we're going to do a Halloween anthology series, I'd be like, great. And then they're like, every fourth episode will be a Michael episode. I'd still be like, okay, fine. Like, I, you know, I disagree I about be him okay being a horror host. That. I feel like it'd be equivalent to the Conan O'Brien skit, Frankenstein wastes a minute of your time. Where you just have him just <laughs> like wave you in, and he eventually points out like like a an image from the episode. You're like, oh, thanks, Michael. You know, like I think I think he could do that. I'm kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, cinematic universe is a troubling phrase, and you know, I remember when Universal was like, we're gonna start our own cinematic universe for the Universal monsters, and I was like, why don't you just focus on putting out good Universal it, monster it, movies instead? It could have worked. It's, it could have. There was there was a certain uh, uh, Tom Cruise that messed it all up. I I haven't even seen the Mummy, so I don't even know how good or bad it is. I just wasn't there one. Oh no, no, it was what Dracula Untold I'm thinking or of whatever Van it was. Helsing. Sorry, no, it wasn't. But yeah, there was the, the was it Dracula Untold. Was that the name of the movie that was supposed to be like the original like soft launch for the Dark Universe? And yeah, then, it was yeah. Dracula's backstory. Yeah, yeah, he was the Captain America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the you know the the, the first uh, suck Avenger, uh, and then um, and then the Mummy was supposed to be like the big like you know like you know hey we're doing this and then but Tom Cruise kept like I've not seen the film but everything I heard he kept like he had so much like sway in the making of that movie that it's got like just oh. melted down. So yeah, yeah, probably yeah. But he becomes the mummy at the end. So. Yes, right. Spoiler alert for the mummy. He's so yeah, so they were building a, and Russell Crowe was the uh, Nick Fury as um, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Dr. Yeah, Jekyll. which would have been okay. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think it's. it's- uh, I think uh, I, I think casting Russell Crowe is not a bad idea, but I think him being the Nick Fury of a superhero universe around Universals terrible, terrible. Well, it's just idea. like they they looked at the League of Extraordinary League of Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen. It's like yeah, but what if we screwed it up further? You know, it's yeah, like, what if we made that worse? Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, Steve, with what you're saying, I'd put it this way. Um, I know you and I talked about Halloween ends and I, I'm very frustrated with that film, but if you would have turned that into a season of television where you had the shadow of Michael Myers over Haddonfield and Haddonfield being like this town that's like inherently rotten and that this one kid had an accident. Like outside of his outside of his control, but they all need they all need a new villain, and you could have had that story be told over like a season of television. I think that it'd be a way better story than the movie we got. You know, like so, I think it could work. I just don't know what, what shape, yeah. what what shape that will take. <laughs> oh, very clever. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I I don't know. I I again, I do wince at the idea of a cinematic universe. But as as you, we were talking. I kept thinking about the anthology idea and I'm like, they could even do like things from the movies um, and expand on them. Like for instance, in Halloween four, one of my favorite scenes is Dr. Loomis gets picked up by this um, uh, preacher who is uh, uh, driving this old jalopy of a truck who's hunting evil. Um, And I love that character. He's only in the one scene. Um, I think most people probably know him as, uh, 
um, oh, he's the the uh, guy on the train with Pee Wee uh, singing. I think Shoe Fly Shoe. But uh, that's the actor. Anyways, I'm off on a tangent. <laughs> Long story short, uh, but I was like, oh, they could do an episode about like what he was hunting, like what version of the shape he was hunting. You know, um, you could do an episode like that. You could do an episode that's, you know, focused on solely on, you know, the last day of Judith Myers. You could you could do so many different things that don't have to necessarily be a universe slash. I don't know. I maybe I'm talking in circles be, here. Maybe it could just be a uh, hologram of Doctor Loomis uh, <laughs> uh, traveling around the country solving mysteries. You're, you're um, pulling a Community season five. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Like the Chevy Chase hologram, I love it. I love it. Or just um, you know, a de-aged uh, or, or back from the dead uh, CGI representation. I, just, I would love to see if we actually found out. Like, like he had to have had more than one patient over all those years, and to find out how badly he screwed up all the rest of them. Like, that's what I want to see. Is like Loomis the failed psychiatrist. Like, I want to see. Like, he's created has so many to monsters and, uh, and stop his, uh, his patients after they've already killed multiple people. Yeah, we find out yeah. that he's the real monster. He keeps making all these things by accident. I think that'd be really funny. Who am I really? <laughs> no, Cookie Woman. Um, but I mean, you know, did 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 um did he create the Puma Man or did the Puma Man like challenge him? We don't know, right? Like, just yeah. anyway. Turns anyways. out he's just the victim the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> the Puma Man and uh, and Chiquito or whatever his name yeah. was uh, are the real villains. Of or what was it? Does he call him like Puma Man? Like, so yeah, Puma anyway, Man. Yeah. So, That's no, Steve. Puma I see. Like, like, so um, there is a video we talked about this before we started recording. It's from uh, some more news. Uh, they they actually just the video was released today that was like why do Hollywood uh, blockbusters kind of suck now, and they they do do the caveat of like you know uh, they talk about how this summer there were two original films like th- they said three three like Oppenheimer Barbie and the Super Mario Brothers movie which I get there two of them are based well all three are based upon actual things like one being a true story one a toy line and a video game but those all resonated and made a lot of money and then. They go on further about like um, this whole thing of like shared universes and fatigue and like just this whole thing of like what is profitable versus like what is what is um, creatively interesting and how people will respond to things that are like sometimes different and they want different stories. Um, it's a really interesting video that speaks to what you're saying about like when people start talking about shared universes. Yeah, it worked for Marvel. Uh, it's starting, the wheels are starting to kind of fall off at times with that. I'm still in like secret invasion. Wasn't great, but it had moments that I liked. I, I guess I'm a Marvel honk. Don't get me wrong. I, I I'm not saying that it was perfect, but like, um, cause it wasn't, uh, it's just that like everybody has to chase, everyone's trying to chase that, which you mentioned the dark universe there, like DC tried to immediately make a shared universe and they completely fell on their keys repeatedly over and over and over again, uh, to the point to where we're getting an Aquaman film. That's not like technically it's not going to matter. Right? Like, I don't, I don't care. Like it's, is it a fun movie? I don't know. But, um, I like, so what you're talking about when you, the moment you say it's going to be the shared universe with TV and then potentially movies, um, this is the, like you mentioned some really cool ideas. Absolutely. But this is a really, uh, for what we do know, it's, it's kind of a very, um, shallow, um, like franchise to try to like, like dig further. And maybe you could disagree with me on that, but like, 
if I would have told you like shared universe Halloween, you would have given me like 15 other things that are probably a lot more interesting to dig into versus this one. I mean, I guess unless you're doing like 24, like it's Halloween day and every episode, you know, of the 24 episodes per season is one hour of the day. Yeah. So like 24 is it school. It'll be 10 per season. I'm sure. But <laughs> Yeah, but um, I, I see what you're saying. If you did the actual, like, if you did a 24 episode, episode like thing about Halloween itself and like everything going on, sure. If you actually had the right people and they actually held their feet to the fire to try to tell the best story possible, that would be really interesting for sure. But that's not what we're going to get. We know that. Like, and I'm not trying to be prejudgment, but they're not going to put that much resources into doing like a 24 uh, like episode season of quote unquote Halloween, right? Like it's also Miramax who has had the Halloween rights before, and it didn't go well for anybody involved. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how, how shallow overall Halloween is. I mean, it is to a degree, but the ones that you're thinking of that are really shallow are the Miramax ones. So I kind of agree with both of you Mm -hmm. in that one, because it's sort of like, um, is there a story to be told, uh, long-term with Halloween? Maybe. Yeah. But, uh, from the perspective uh, from a studio that actually cared, um, and Miramax has had this property before, uh, it didn't go well. So I do think that to a degree, Paul is right as well, that, um, we're not going to get that from Miramax at any rate, but yeah. So Steve, any other thoughts before we, like, I, there's another story that you guys mentioned before recording that I think is worthy of mentioning. I don't know if you have any other thoughts. Well, I just, you know, I didn't know if we were going to talk about the fact that uh, Marvel is doing a big reshuffle now for its television projects. That's true. And, yeah. um, you know, what I find interesting about that is, is, you know, as we're talking about a quote unquote cinematic universe television show for Michael Myers or Halloween, you know, um, I, I have been probably more on the defense for, you know, the choices Marvel has made with phase five and the shows, there are shows that I didn't like, you know, um, I think what comes to mind for me is, is, um, moon Knight was probably my biggest disappointment, but like, there's also been ridiculously fun highs. Uh, the first season of Ms. Marvel, uh, I loved, mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed, um, I want to say Cap and the Winter Soldier, but it's it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Cap and Cap and make it season, happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the first season of WandaVision, a lot of fun. So there have been highs. You know, uh, Loki, uh, the first episode of Loki has already aired, uh, season two. Um, and it looks like it's going to continue being fun the way the first season was. And um, I'm going to screw up his name, and I don't want to call him short round. He, Juan, Juan? I think you're right. I think I think that yeah. He was added to the cast. Um, he's wonderful in the first episode. Um, so what I find interesting though is is that they're they're realizing that maybe we shouldn't be approaching these television shows like movies. We should be approaching them like television shows, which well, is that's kind the, of yeah. interesting. It's well, what's interesting about that too is that um, that's the way it's being phrased in the media. But then actual writers are kind of saying. What they mean is the uh, uh, WGA forced them to focus on them like regular TV shows because what they were doing before was not was uh, not good for writers whatsoever. But 
But yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I, I did not know up, that. No, no, I'm glad you told me. I did not yeah. know that. No, supposedly, um, yeah, that the um the reason for like the whole Daredevil reshuffle is because what they did is not guild certified the way they staffed their hmm. writing and everything like that. That they were basically like, well, first of all, you didn't really have a main creative voice. It was just like Kevin Fiji, like yelling at people. Um, and they made a show out of it. And so, so what's remarkable about that is some of them actually have worked, despite the fact that they were not um, really considering writers much at all. And um, it's it's odd that they ended up becoming what they are. But it also goes uh, answering some questions you might have about a lot of those shows where you're like, well, wait a minute, that fell apart. Why is that not working? You know, that some of the episodes, some of the shows, uh, Division comes to mind, didn't stick the landing. Um, you know, that you got to wonder if that's because they actually haven't had a driving creative vision on any of them individually. Um, but yeah, supposedly it's that the WGA's uh, new contract basically made it so that there actually had to be a head writer and a writer's room and the contracts have to be set out in a way like they are for regular TV because Disney was finding a way to basically bilk them from money. Um, and so to save face, the media is kind of projecting it as they've made a creative decision, but supposedly it's actually, no, the Writers Guild won. And so the AMPTP has to abide by that now. And, um, so it's more shady shit from Disney. Uh, sorry, I know we're not, we don't swear on the show, but. We do. No, Uh, no, no. no, It's, it's just the F word. Steve's going to drop uh, like three F-bombs during this episode at some point. We know it's going to happen. So, yeah. I don't think he has since we started recording. Well, that's that's you fair, both, but I mean, the, the you night both John. swear like sailors when you're not on the air, and then you uh, and then it's, you know, but but yeah, that's anyway. That's uh, that's that's what I've been reading. Like Stephen S. Knight on Twitter has been talking a lot about what's uh, uh, about the strike in general and what how that's changing the industry. And as the guy who created the Netflix Daredevil, mm-hmm. he's invested in Daredevil's future. Um, that he was kind of like don't buy that. It's not that they're making a creative decision to make better shows. It's because writers are forcing them to be. When also with the retitling of it called it called born again versus like daredevil. He's like that, that takes right. away because the way the fine print is, it actually takes away anything that came before in terms of like their ability to make money in terms of like, like the, like how it was all set. It's all, it's all shady. You're right. So yeah, yeah shady. Yeah. So the, the born again, uh, alteration made it so they didn't have to pay residuals to previous writers Yeah, because it was a full reboot, even though we're keeping the actors, it's a full reboot. So the work creative work you did as writers is no longer part of it. So we don't have to give you any money. And Stephen tonight's like, but my contract, no, no, doesn't matter. We, we fooled you. Yep. It's it. Yeah. Um, they've been th- and I love the fact that like during this whole strike, I'm like, I can't figure out why there are people supporting the producers. It's such a strange thing to be. I'm like, imagine a strike happens and you take the side of the bosses. Um, <laughs> what a weird yeah. what a weird thing to happen. But no, yeah. I really enjoyed reading um, Stephen the night in particular's uh, kind of ongoing uh, coverage of the strike, uh, so to speak. Where he was sort of talking about here's what's here's what this is really actually doing to us as writers. This is what the current deal does to us, and it's not great. Um, and then people are like, "You're being greedy," but I'm like, "But no, the entire point is the AMPTP is looking to eliminate 
as much work from us as possible so they don't have to pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, but people are like, you just want more money for your, uh, you know, the people who wrote She-Hulk want more money. You know, it's like, well, yeah, that's all the money they're going to see for the next two years. Like, yes, they want more money. Yes. Like it's it's a full time job, um, yeah. part time job that that only pays once. You know, yeah. unless how it's dare successful. you actually want to be rewarded for your output? You know, yeah. And, you know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. To, I don't want to get off on a on a you know big uh, you know union chant or anything, but I I just wanted to point that out since we're talking about it that um, that reshuffle is not um, Marvel making a, a good creative decision. It's writers are actually enforcing um, their ability to affect change in the franchise, which is still positive. I think. Yeah, that's I, it's going to come up with a better product. I think ultimately, yeah, yeah. yeah so. The show will be better as a result. Yes, you know, but yeah. Yeah, it's just I did not know that, and that's really unfortunate. Like, uh, I mean, I'm glad that uh, the WGA won, and you know, obviously, people are going to get paid what they should. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm delusional. Uh, I don't pay attention to D- Disney, so like, I <sighs> delusional is not the right word. I guess I. I'm aware that they're evil, but I'm like, but you have things that I like. We I all, Sam, I, yeah, Sam and I have talked about that many times on the podcast where we've talked about some movies and stuff with pretty uh, uh, upsetting people in them. And we, we go, and I've, we've talked about that before about how people are like, well, I really want to be uh, super passionate about this social issue, but if like my favorite show does it, I'm going to look the other way. And, but I mean, we've talked about it. It's, it's more about what you are willing to tolerate as an individual. Mm-hmm. So there's really nothing to be ashamed of that you're like, well, look, I understand Disney is problematic, but I'm going to consume their product because we all do. Uh, Disney has the, we, we mentioned that Marvel's, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the one time a cinematic universe has worked. Uh, it was the, as Vince McMahon might say, it was the better mousetrap. I mean, they created something that you had to keep seeing. Like you just had to, um, it's, it's, uh, it's actually ingenious and whoever came up with it should probably be given a Nobel prize because it was some sort of super genius moment. Like, you know, it turned out this is Dr. Doom, you know, like I figured out the perfect mind control device. Um, well, and then in second that, place, and I'll also say the, the CW with their DC stuff, that was yeah. actually, they were doing well, it before, uh, Marvel had their shit together. Right. Like, and it was. <laughs> Around the same yeah, time, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Continue, please. But like, those are the two I think worked, right? I'll say that. Yeah. It, it, no, totally. Yeah, it's rarefied yeah. air for sure. But yeah, we end up, um, you know, I'm the same way. Where I'm like, you know, I understand that I, when I watch Loki, uh, I'm, I'm supporting. You know, I, I, I cringed. I died a little inside when I turned my Disney Plus back on. I, I turned it off when I didn't have internet. Um, and when I came back, I was like, you know what? I'm going to not do this. I'm going to see how long it goes until I need the. And then I was like, I need to watch a Simpsons. So <laughs> plus it's turned on. Yeah. And I'm like, I just gave Disney another, like, you know, 17 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and I don't feel good about that, but I'm going to enjoy watching the Simpsons. So I can't claim too much outrage. Um, but so I get it, you know, I, I get I totally get being like, you know, I, I know Disney's bad, but uh, well, no, there's nothing it, like, wrong with you for saying that. Steve but. will appreciate this. And I don't know if you watched The Good Place. 
Um, there was a whole thing where eventually they figured out, they figured out like that if you go to the good place or the bad place, it's like this metrics, like the whole series of like tests and failures or whatever. It's like, if you're a good person or a bad person. And it was like, they eventually found out like, um, that like there was a point like 400 years ago that somebody could just could exist without like causing like a good or bad. But as you go forward, they, they were simply, what was it? Steve, if I recall, it's like somebody bought an apple once somewhere, but because it was from like a farm that something bad happened and they didn't know there was consequences. And that person got sent to the bad place. Right. It was that whole thing. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, basically like, it's like they had no idea that they were supporting like a terrible like system. They wanted an apple and that sent them straight to hell. <laughs> you know? So I think it's the same thing of like, like, um, yeah, uh, there, <laughs> Until there's fundamental system change across the board, which they never will be because capitalism, um, uh, it's just, you know, we, we deserve enrichment. We deserve enjoyment. Life's tough enough as it is. Right. So I'm not saying like, yeah, there's times like I've drawn lines where I'm not going to spend my money and it won't make a difference. Probably not. But do I do, I'm not going to stand on my soapbox and be like, everybody, I haven't had Chick-fil-A for five years. Like just, you know, like, I, you know what I mean? It's like, I, but I also understand like, that's a direct funnel to hurting people. Like, and that, that, but at the same time, like, do I go to Walmart because pants are cheap? Yeah. I'm a hypocrite. You know, <laughs> like, so you're right. Pick and choose. Like I, I mean, I just, I remember the, the multiple times where Steve and I were talking off mic that he says that Kevin Spacey's his favorite actor of all time. And I'm like, yeah, I respect that. Uh, it used to be mine. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, Steve's never yeah. said that. I'm kidding. It was basically used to be my favorite. I, oh. I, he was my favorite actor yeah. for years and then that stuff happened. And I was like, now I look at his performances and I can't help but see them tarnished. So yeah. he's not my favorite actor anymore, but, um, but no, totally. Yeah. No, um, so it's like, we all, we all draw our lines and yeah. I, it's just like, it's the only problem is, and I didn't want to get into this. I apologize. Like my God, welcome to the show. Everybody is that when people are still being actively rewarded for being an asshole, like, you know what I mean? Like it's one thing if like, you know, you're like, Oh, I didn't know that in hindsight. Like, okay, fine. Like, I got to, I got to, I got to make my decision about how I approach this. Right. Um, so like people that are quote unquote canceled, like, I don't know, there's a lot of comedians making a lot of money, even though they did terrible goddamn things, people are still supporting them. I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying like, you know, I can't, I can't engage with them the same way. Right. Like Dave Chappelle used to be like so important and what he said, and then he got too much money and got up his own butt. Right. And it's like, okay, calm down. Also, like he's upset that like people that were oppressed somehow had progress made faster than others. And I'm not saying he's not wrong with saying like, Hey, we've all been struggling too, but that doesn't give you the right to show somebody else. Right. So like, so I can't watch his stuff anymore. It's frustrating. Like Louis CK used to be really entertaining and funny. No more. Right. Like I can't handle it. I cannot handle it. It's just that if you watch a movie from like, you know, I don't know, like Alfred Hitchcock was a complete bastard. He's dead now. I can't, you know, I can't reward his estate, you know, be like, oh, that, look at that guy. He was really good to blonde women. We, that's not true. Right. But it's like, like, where do you draw your lines? Right. But I just think if somebody's still actively profiting off of their works and they're not taking the right lessons and learning anything or, or sorry, bucking it. Right. Like, like, um. Steve, I'm sorry. Like, you're, I know you're just listening and you're not saying anything. I apologize. Um, like, I can't support the Cleveland Browns right now because Deshaun Watson has had like 20 plus to 40 women come forward with like sexual assault allegations. 
And somehow we gave them $250 million to throw the ball good. How can I support that organization? I love football. I miss watching it on Sundays with the Browns anyway, right? I can't support this organization that actively paid this guy that they know was a problem. And even though he was never criminally charged, I don't know, man, 40 people? That's, that, that's, not, that's not random. That's right? not coincidence. No. Yeah. So, like, yeah, anyway, sorry. Forgive me. I went off in a way different direction. I apologize. Anyway, so... So anyway, Steve, you react to everything we just said right now in 30 seconds. Go Browns? Oh, wait, no. Um, you weren't listening at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I, you know, the Browns thing, I don't watch football anyway. So it's, it's I, I want to say that I have some sort of, you know, like they're not getting my money, but like they weren't getting my money anyway. So it Fair doesn't enough. really matter. But you think they bought um, and I was like, I can say I've never eaten a Chick-fil-A, but that's because they didn't have them where I lived for the first 38 <laughs> years of my life. Uh, so yeah, I just never eaten since. Um, but yeah. Yeah. If you told me like, hey, uh, don't support Carl's Jr., I'd be like, I never have, but I have been to a Hardee's, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I buy my art supplies from Michael's or Dick Blick or Amazon before I would ever consider going into like a hobby lobby, you yes. know? So yeah. we all have our lines too, I guess, you know? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it, we're really far off tangent and I don't know where to go now. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant to pivot towards you guys were talking about a, a, a comics creator that has passed. So I was hoping if you guys want to talk about that for a minute and then we can get into um, everything else. So I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know main, how we did that. Yeah, I apologize. We main, spun out. I spun out. We actually, so, yeah. we actually have a real topic we're supposed to talk about. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. No, we, Steve and I, uh, uh, Steve and I as, as both big um, comic book geeks uh, were both uh, very, uh, uh, well, I'm not speaking it for us both, but I was I was uh, admittedly more uh, affected by the news of his passing than uh, I thought I would be. Normally, I don't. That doesn't happen to me. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Keith Giffen, uh, creator of Justice League International, uh, Justice League Europe, uh, Ambush Bug, um, he did a lot of the. Um, uh, he did 52. That was kind of his main thing. Uh, if you were familiar with DC Comics, DC Comics 52. Uh, but yeah, he passed away yesterday, and um, I had mentioned it to Steve on social media, and uh, I had requested that we uh, talk about that a little bit as guest of the show. So I hijacked that from Steve as if I were a host, and I feel bad about it. But I'm, I'm used to doing my own show, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry I jumped out in front of you on that, Steve. But yeah, Keith Giffen died, and I'm and I, I'm actually kind of sad about it because his work meant a lot to me. Yeah, um, he's one of those guys who like I just, it, I how do I put this? It, like I kind of got accustomed to just seeing his name on top of comics that I read. Like uh, I know for a lot of people, he's probably you know known as the co-creator of, of Lobo. Um, I've not read his Legion of Superheroes, um, that was from the eighties, but apparently it's a legendary run. I think even Jim Lee still talks about it. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say same here. I never actually read that, but I'm, I'm well aware of how legendary it is. So maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go look it up, but yeah. 
Yeah, for for me, um, I will always associate him with the uh, the Justice League. Uh, I, I guess it's technically not a reboot. Um, I think it's like 1986. I don't know if it comes out of Crisis or if it just uh, comes it came out, out of it came out of Legends. Uh, Legends was their first event post Crisis, um, and then right after that, the ending of Legends was there's no Justice League, and so they. Uh, what was funny about that was that Giffen used to actually stick his head in editorial offices for months, um, apparently, allegedly yelling, uh, saying, Justice League, <laughs> and running off like he would do nothing else. He'd just stick his head into the office, say that, and then leave. And one day they were like, well, OK, Keith, you have Justice League. And he went, wait, what? No, I don't want it. What are you talking about? Um, and so what happened was that his plotting and the way he wrote um, – was because he did something different than most other writers do, which is he wrote he drew breakdowns where he drew out storyboards ostensibly of um, of what the comic might look like, um, what he's thinking in his head because he actually had art skills. Um, but his breakdowns and I mean he was like, but the thing is, is that my dialogue isn't quite up to snuff for Justice League. I'm more you know a humorist, and they said, well, we'll go get J.M. Demetrius, who everybody makes fun of for being too wordy. Um, and so they were like, between the two of them, they'll cancel out. And they went in a completely different direction with Justice League where they um, instead – but they had editorial mandates like including Blue Beetle and uh, Shazam because they were both recent ad- acquisitions of DC Comics that they wanted to do something with. But other than that, they had free reign to do whatever they wanted. And so they came up with the idea of basically doing a sitcom. Um, and it is absolute genius uh from start to finish um but it's my my favorite justice league run ever it's one of my favorite probably my second favorite all-time comic book run um it is uh it's truly a wonder behold and i and that's why i was like you know the one punch guy you know blah ha ha that that's all he's dead that's really sad yeah and uh you know you're you're talking about you know the one punch and things like that but the idea of it being a, a sitcom, like I don't know that I've seen this this idea executed anywhere else as well as this. Uh, because I remember, I, I don't get into comics until '88, and I remember looking at it and like seeing it and being like, I don't know who any of these people are. Like I'm like I know this- Batman. But I'm like, where's Superman and where's Wonder Woman and whatever? So I didn't pick it up at the time. I didn't quite get that idea of these oddball heroes, um, particularly making a a great comedic duo out of Booster Gold and and Blue Beetle. Um, But like the run is filled with all these idiosyncratic things like the fact that, you know, um, the Martian Manhunter really likes Oreos, you know, and, and writing an entire... You know, I, it was a short, I think, from a Justice League annual where uh, uh, they go back and, and tell a tale from that era um, where there's a, a mouse that gets uh, turned into um, a, a large mouse that's running around in the Justice League headquarters. And you just see like John Jones eating Oreos in the background, yeah. like trying not to pay attention. Yeah. Um, just stuff like that where I'm like. It's it's so smart, and I'm really surprised that that no one else has really been able to crack that. I mean, I guess the closest comparison I can come up with is is that like 
some of the humor in the MCU MCU movies, MCU movies. It sounds like I'm saying movies, but whatever. Um, you know that that style of like, well, we'll hit them with you know whatever the story is, but we'll also throw in some comedy to to, to yeah. uh, keep them entertained while we're trying to explain who you know. Um, I don't know, uh, Omega Red is or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I just, I don't know. Like, I, it's 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 a very particular run, and it's it's very much of its time, but it's also just beautifully told. I mean, you know, I don't know how many breakdowns he did for Kevin Maguire before Maguire just took over as full penciler. But um, the acting in it, the yeah. the... the the way the story is portrayed, it works so well. And it was unlike anything that was coming out around that time. And I don't think anything that's come out recently, I don't think it's, I don't think we've seen another of its likes. We'll put it that way. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, that's, that's something that um, I think James Mateus said today on social media. I think it was him that said this. There was like a lot of the way superhero story, stories are told now, especially in film is coming from what Keith Giffen started with his work, you know, um, he is the one that said this can be funny as well without losing, without it being a comedy, it can be funny. Um, and so he was still writing really interesting, like kind of cold war allegory throughout that whole run. Um, that was very, very subversive, but, um, everybody remembers the, wahaha, you know, but there was actually, it was actually a more serious story than it, uh, he's given credit for it. But, well, do you think that works in the sense of like, if you're laughing and that means that, that it's a, it's a spoonful of sugar, right. Yep. To, to take down the bigger, oh, sure. the bigger things. And like, I always argue that like comedy makes things stick better for people because if you're laughing, that means you're engaging a little bit, right? Like, I think that goes a lot for, I'm not saying that like, I'm not saying like the most dramatic of dramatic things, like you need to have like super serious storytelling sometimes, but I'm saying like, if you're trying to do like, um, trying to like, you know, get a message across and be like, well, if I'm making them laugh, that means they're open to what I'm saying. And then if, if, right. if they're open to what I'm saying, then, then they're going to take this. Like, I like you know, like a lot of the things, like I mentioned that uh, some more news, there's a lot of things that I listen to that are very political in nature, but there, there is a comedic bent to it because like, I need to have, I just, I need to have some of that so I can choke it down. You know, right. I think that, um, I think yeah. that goes a long way. So I think uh, comedy, comedy done right is a wonderful avenue to tell really compelling and interesting stories and also mm -hmm. engage people because then you can also be like, oh, well, there's silliness here and if you take what you want from it. But if people that are being available and actively available, there's more there. And I think that's a mm -hmm. really hard thing to do. For sure. So. Yeah, I, I would say that I'm one of those people who like I like the the, the, the sugar, um, but I also you know I, I like the sour too. But like uh, you know, I'm not saying that Christopher Nolan's movies might be more enjoyable for me if there weren't a great fart joke in them. But like <laughs> maybe they would be. Here um, we go. <laughs> <You know> No, but even like in the Dark Knight, where the bit where the like the Joker's are confronting like you know the 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 mob leaders, right? And then uh, he takes the one guy. He's like, "Let me show you the pencil trick." That is one of the the most horrific things that's implied in cinema, but it's so <laughs> funny, right? Like, ta da! Right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very funny, and yeah. it's like it's it's it, it just gets you like laughing, but you're like, "Oh, that's horrific," you know? Yeah. Like, so yeah. Continue, yeah. please. 
you know, uh, but like, okay, I'll just put it this way. I, I honestly, I can't even remember the title of the last movie that he made. And I watched it on HBO, like whenever it premiered, um, during the pandemic tenant. Thank you. Yeah. I like, honestly, I don't know that I could tell you what that movie was about now. I don't know that I could tell you that I could tell you what it was about when I first watched it, but I definitely can't now. Like nothing is really stuck with me about that movie at all. So I'm just saying, you know, in the middle of Tenant, you have a great dick, dick or fart joke. Either one, I'm, I'm good with. <laughs> Make me laugh. Oppenheimer definitely could have yeah, been. Yeah, like what the if there joke. was like right before the bomb detonator here? I am become death. Destroyer of worlds, welcome to Chili's. You know, whatever. (laughs) But like even something like Seven, which is like a deeply dark, disturbing movie, uh, has comical moments in it. I love Arlie Ermy sitting at the desk, picking up the phone, and (laughs) just saying, "This ain't even my desk." Yeah, Yeah, phone. phone Yes, like you gotta have. It's it's. I mean, like um, it's like Shakespeare would have his moments, right? Like even a Macbeth there was the bit where it was like the drunken doorman, like just trying to answer the door. And he's like, knock, knock, knock. And he's like, just sauced. Like it was right, right after like one of the big dramatic moments, but you had this moment of this guy who was drunk off his ass answering a door. Like even a few hundred years ago, people that you have to have that pressure valve of comedy. And I think used well, it's very effective. So I think you're speaking to this, this writer that like, even though you said a sitcom, there's a way to navigate those ups and downs and still tell an effective story, keep you entertained, keep you engaged and still keep you emotionally invested. That's a hell of a thing. That that's that book made me care about Guy Gardner, a, you know, and so, you know, there's no way that happens without an excellent writer at the top because he's the most obnoxious character maybe ever. Um, but I liked him in, uh, Justice League International, yeah. you know, it was, you know, so yeah, I mean, he's obviously designed to be a, um, a parody of uh, Reagan Republicans, but you know, uh, that, which is why he's obnoxious. But um, yeah, Giffen was definitely uh, what the kids would call woke. Now I'm sure. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, that, so one of my favorite quotes from uh, that, that video I keep talking about from some more news is where it's like, go, go woke, go make $1.5 billion at the theater for the Barbie. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, anyway, so uh, Steve, I know you saw Barbie. We talked about that last episode. I've not watched it yet. Um, but yeah, I, by the way, there's also an article I saw on IGM where it's like, John Carpenter wasn't that interested in Barbie. No shit. Like, <laughs> like he watched it. He's like, yeah, it's not for me. I'm like, yes. And he's, he's only the first person to be like, it wasn't for me. Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't think, I don't think John Carpenter is the target market for the Barbie film. You know? No, not at all. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Like, Oh, Barbie, we were really inspired by a saw precinct 13. You could really see it in the well, film. You know, it's, like, it Barbie, Barbie's brought out a lot of weird and a lot of things because actually, um, uh, even Variety, even now, Variety is still releasing uh, articles about, but uh, that basically all boil down to Oppenheimer did good too. Um, and it's really weird that they keep pressing that issue because it's like, well, we, we know Barbie out earned it by, by, I think, half. Like yes. it was just, yeah. And, um, and everybody thought it was going to be the opposite. Everybody had gone in thinking Oppenheimer was going to be the big billion dollar movie and Barbie was going to be a minor hit. And then it turned out, no, it turns out young women or whatever have been waiting for a film to watch. You know, I think Paul talked about that a couple on our show. 
I think about um, uh, the way that happens. Yeah. Uh, but then they keep saying it never happened. Like a rated R film does well. Yeah. And then they say, wow, this is the first rated R in rated R film to do this well in well since two years ago, really. But it doesn't happen that often, guys. But it happens every year. Yeah. Um, you know the same thing is they've talked. There was a lot of articles about that showing like there's actually way way more of a history of films that do well because the female audience comes out in droves. Yeah. Um, a movie that's made for them, they will come see it and it will make a lot of money. But every time it happens, it's reported as if it's some sort of miracle. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, despite the fact there's a whole demographic that isn't traditionally marketed to that if you market to them. They will come. Yeah. Um, oh, it's. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's interesting that Variety uh, does it. So I think that's the point. Is that like you know they're right, release an article about what John Carpenter thought about Barbie, uh, because what they want to do is is appeal to the anti woke crowd, to, so that they can point at point at it and go, oh, see, John Carpenter didn't like it either. So obviously we're right. <laughs> Um, because John Carpenter was definitely not woke, all right? But, you know, even though you go back and watch his films, and there's still actually plenty of... Um, yeah, he's never you know, once said anything negative trouble. about the government or America. Never once. Yeah big, yeah, big Trouble in Little China wasn't kind of specifically about the way Americans treat uh, foreigners, uh, you know, even in their own country, in oh, their own I mean, culture. They live uh, as the least political film I've ever seen. Yeah, totally not woke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, totally so not. yeah. So <laughs> sorry. I we I it's a hot mess of the new segment, Steve. So anyway, so thank thank no, you. That's for, okay. You know, yeah. you know, I just real quick on Barbie. You know what's funny to me about the people who were offended by Barbie, and I'm talking about mostly, at least from my understanding, it, uh, Paul is much better at seeking these types of things out and investigating them, where I'm just like. <laughs> I don't want to know about it, but no, I'm not investigating. They just show up like my right wing yeah. <coughs> Shapiro, <coughs> Ben. Yeah, continue. Yes, men who were men so Shapiro. like yes. throttled by this movie, and I'm like, the satire isn't even that harsh. It's like it's, not. it could be way harder. Yeah, it could be way harder. And this I'm like, this literally movie literally ends with Barbie going, "Hey, male character who's been a jerk the whole time, your feelings matter too." Uh, you know, and it's so I'm like, hey, spoilers, hey, spoilers. I'm not seeing that. Spoilers, calm down. Right, but, I thought the okay, men win, but, I thought the kins win. <laughs> sure, the movie yeah. called, yeah, but the, no, I mean, the I sequel's gonna be called Alan, he will rise above all with a crown on his head. I get it, continue, yeah. yes, yes, but yeah, the the to Steve's point, that's that's where I'm getting at, which was the the idea that he's right, there is the, the criticism of men isn't even that. Uh, that derogatory and it could have gone harder like it could have been like could have literally looked at the camera and went the boyfriend sitting next to her you're the problem um, and most of us would have been like well yeah we know um, <laughs> we've, we've known that for a while Yes. Um, you know the patriarchy is a problem um, but no this movie doesn't really do that it actually kind of pats them on the head and says it's, it's okay uh, we get it you know, and we're not even necessarily like the whole way character is like whole whole speech about the way patriarchy holds her down. But her kind of end of that speech is more or less like, but we kind of tolerate it, and that's okay too. And I was like, but okay, like you could have gone harder and mm -hmm. been like, absolutely not. We're going to completely like, you know, shatter 
everything the Kens have built and we're, you know, but instead they use compassion and yeah, oh no, they're still making a toy movie, you know, like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That, well, that's the great thing about Barbie is that somehow, uh, I think it was my friend Ryan Rodriguez said Barbie somehow managed to serve two different corporate masters and still make a really good movie, which means it can be done yeah. on the, on the studio level. Um, you know, they were able to appease both, uh, she was able to appease Mattel and, um, Universal. Yeah. And I mean, like, and still deliver a film that was actually genuinely great. I mean, like, it's kind of, I was shocked. I saw Barbie and I was like, oh my God, this is legitimately great movie. Like, I expected a dumb, you know, waste of 90 you expected, minutes. You expected the Super Mario Brothers movie is what you expected. That's what you expected. Yeah. Like, yeah. Instantly. That, yeah. I, yeah. A corporate movie that uh, is definitely about uh, referencing. Just, yeah. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. I watched that just uh, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The animated Mario Brothers, and I was like, well, I'm assuming most of this is referential to the games that I never played. Um, but and the only thing I really liked about it was the weird nihilistic blue star. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Which I know. a reference from the game I uh, that I didn't get. Um, is that a character, by the way, from one of the games? Do you guys know? But the blue, yeah, the, the blue, yeah, yeah. The nihilistic blue star. Yes. So they're in a, one of the games. I think so. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, because I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's making me laugh. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that's kind of what I expected from Barbie yeah. was uh, you know something that would be, pay lip service to a little bit of you know raw feminism, but ultimately be like, go buy some toys. Yeah. You know, still a corporate product. Thank you for spending millions of dollars to buy tickets to this film. Um, and uh, and no, it ended up being of substance. Um, which is truly something, but so, all right, we, for only having some news <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, we got a lot to get to tonight. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Steve, you know, other thoughts before we get into our two live, uh, footage horror films that you wanted to talk about for the show? No, I just say that if, uh, you are a comic book reader and you're not that familiar with Keith Givens work, I would say, go check out justice. League. Oh, that's Jesus, yeah. that's how start. far I feel we got from it. I'm sorry. You're right. Sorry. The gentleman that passed away. Yes. Thank you for bringing that back. Thank you for people to go. Like, yes. I'm, I'm bad at like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that guy that you, know, you guys should talk about, by the way, I have views on movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say if yeah. uh, I would, I would say there's a transition to be made into a, from that to yeah. our, uh, to your main feature though. Uh, because presentation is all about, uh, is what these two films are all about. But, um, I'll let you guys, uh, sorry, I forgot it's not my show. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, let's get our discussion about the WNUF uh, Halloween special and Ghost Watch. And now for our feature presentation. Tonight's feature presentation is a double feature, actually. Tonight we're going to be talking about two movies. We're going to be talking about the WNUF Halloween special, which unfortunately I do not have the info up in front of me. I believe it's from 2013. Um, and we're also going to be talking about Ghost Watch, which was a television special from 1992. Um, what ties these two things together is not only their ties to being specific to the, the time period that they're in, in that one was filmed as a actual special in the time that it was made um but now 30 years later you can it looks like it looks like everything did in the 90s we'll put it that way 
Um, and then the WNUF special, which is replicating late 80s, possibly early 90s, but I think we're still stuck in the 80s yeah. uh, at this point uh, in that film. Uh, but both of them are, how do I put this? Um, they're mockumentaries, I guess is the best way of putting it. Like, I don't, I don't know how to define them, but they both... Um, like I said before, like they're present. not found footage, but they're like live footage. I think that's the best way to describe it, right? They're both actual newscasts supposedly happening in real time. Yeah, except one was aired uh, it, on the BBC for real, yes. and people did not know that it was a joke. Um, yeah. Or not a joke, but that it was a fictionalized encounter, not uh, something real. But uh, uh, it, I, And I did come across this in my research for it. I guess it cost... It was it like a million phone calls that went into the BBC because of that program? Yes, it was some they ridiculous went, number. They went to court. Yeah, yeah. They they paid damages out of out of pocket because of the uh, uh, because of lawsuits. Yeah, and there there was one uh, associated death with it. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, oh, okay. yeah, that but, I didn't know. Oh yeah, it's um yeah it's it's sad. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, Steve, so why, like, I know that like, so I know that you would end up like, did you order, I think you ordered the WNF special and you had to get two of them in the mail and you just gave one of them to me last year. I think that's what happened, right? Like you handled one. Yeah, except I didn't, it wasn't like, oh, Amazon screwed up or something like that. It was that I ordered it the night before and then I got up the next day and it was still in my cart and I was like, oh, did I not press buy last night? And so I pressed buy and cleared out my cart. And then one day my copy shows up and I'm like, oh, great. And then the day after it, another copy shows up and I go and look and I'm like, what? Why didn't Amazon have something in place where it was like, you just bought this yesterday. Are you sure you want to buy it again today? Um, <laughs> I know that that's not a real feature, but it would would have helped me. Did, did, when, so did, I when you wrote to them, did they write back om nom 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 nom, and they just took your money? Is that what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I ended up with two copies, so I figured I would I would give one to you because uh, I thought it was something that you might enjoy. However, hearing you earlier before we were recording, I think that that's probably not a word that I'm going to, you're going to use to describe this film. Nope. I, but we're, we're uh, going to be different. Like I, I honestly like, yes, we'll talk about it, but yeah, I will say that I did watch it last year along with ghost watch, which is your first time watch with this. Both of these are available. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, internet archive.org that people want to watch them. So continue, please. Paul said backpedaling away from the fact that he was basically saying, you know, that gift you gave me, that sucked. No, no, the, 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 no, no. The, the first, the, the first worst gift that Steve ever gave me was trying to hide a VHS copy of Leonard part six in my house. That's the first one. So. <laughs> That's actually a well, I guess, I, I guess I will stop trying, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I really took to WNUF uh, and uh, thought it would be an interesting topic to talk about this evening, not knowing that you had a less than positive review, well, that's not, uh, which is fine, yeah. too. That's not to say, like, I need you to come on here and agree with me. But uh, I, I was surprised to, to find that out only, you know, hours ago that uh, uh, you were not as taken with it as I. For me, what I enjoyed about it um, was that it it felt like... I, I don't want to say nostalgia done right, but like 
it felt very much like, oh, I get what they're doing. And all of this feels very much of the time. And um, I had so much fun with it. I, I, my one big criticism of the film is, is that there's too many commercials. Mm-hmm. They're funny. They're great. But they get to be a bit much towards the end. Um but yeah, overall, I really loved this movie. I really loved the sort of independent spirit about getting it made and and uh, how things uh, um, are portrayed. Well, so, in the so, film, then, so then, so then, maybe like okay. So how, well, like I, I tell people to watch this, but I'm gonna throw these one, one of these out here. Where's a, one of these? Do you know why they are called spoilers? Going forward, we're gonna spoil like both the WNUF special and Ghost Watch. And I'm just telling people if you've not seen either one of these, go watch them. Please do like go get the less, you know, the better, you know, I think that, I think that's fair. Um, so, um, I mean, are they both, are they both, uh, like produced fake TV specials? Absolutely. But that's also like, Oh man, that movie where the guy with the hockey mask killed people. I didn't know that was fake. Like, you know, like just calm down, like enjoy the presentation for what it is. Right. I'll just put it that way. Um, so when you mentioned both of these, I want to put it to you, Nathaniel, first, because with, with you and uh, Samuel at the Devil's Ball, it wasn't it was like I think your first year of doing your shows, you guys covered a lot of Halloween specials that were like live at the time. Right. If yeah. you recall. Right. Um, so and even I think you had myself on and uh, and my wife yeah. on to talk about yeah. some of the stuff. Right. So like um there's there there is a um, there's something there that there's an endearing quality that the both of you have for that uh, and Steve will have that too but I want to speak to you guys actively chose to cover stuff on your show for kind of, like real stuff this this is fake stuff emulating real stuff right so yeah yeah. So I, I, I'm sorry. I don't think I followed the question, but yeah. No, so, I'm saying like you guys chose that to enjoy that to like dig in because you got like um there like what was it? I know like I, I don't know if it was you, but like someone turned on my my wife to Paul Lind and all his holiday specials, right? Well, that was Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he made me. Yeah, yeah. he kind of made me watch it, and now I have to watch it every year, and um, I'll never forgive him. But. Um, but no, yeah, I, th- I mean, like why I chose, why we wanted to do holiday special, uh, uh, Halloween specials, particularly for that episode. Like, um, is that what you're asking? Yeah, like, because I think this is, I think it's adjacent to what we're talking about tonight. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah Ghostwatch was, uh, uh, in particular, was originally designed to be a Halloween special on Halloween. Yeah. Um, WNUF uses that as a fictional construct to be like, well, this is what aired on TV, except for the very end. Um, what aired on TV one night in a local affiliate, um, in rural America, uh, aired. And so it was trying to capture that idea of like, you know, what kids, you know, I think it starts with them, you know, a news report where Mm -hmm. they're talking about, uh, you know, kids on Halloween and, uh, and gearing up for the fact that trick or treating is about to end. And now the kids are going to be sitting in front of a TV screen, and this is trying to get that audience. Um, so it's definitely uh, it's definitely connected to I think what you're talking about about the the specialness of watching. It, it, I think that's what you're getting onto is that we wanted to talk specifically with that episode about the power of when you got home from trick or treating and you sat down on the floor and ate your candy and you watched Charlie Brown and you watched uh, Garfield um, or Fat Albert or uh, whatever. Um, yeah, there was something special about like watching TV that night as a kid uh, that 
uh, both these movies are trying to capture. Yeah. I think. And, and yeah. Steve, so is that, is that why you wanted to like, that was that the spark that drove this? Like, like, you mean proposing the episode? Yeah, because, well, because it clearly was on your radar, right? So, like, when you mentioned it, I'm like, I'm, I'm down, right? Like, because these are supposed to be like, you know, like, well, like, so one was broadcast live, like we we know that, but the other one's like aping that that thing, especially like also too, like we're old enough to remember like local TV stations trying to do local programming. That's not a thing anymore, right? I don't think it's a thing anymore. Very true. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, and so like, um, and there. And the production value, I'll, I'll put this, I'll, one of the positives I'll say about the WNUF special is that the production value on this is amazing because they purposely made it look shitty, but they did, they did shitty right. You know, like, I, you know what I mean? Like they, they shot everything and then they ran, like, like I was looking at the trivia where it's like, they kept like taking VHS tapes and like recording footage, like multiple times to get that, like that, um, that, uh, generational loss to make it look mm -hmm. like it was recorded off of TV that night. Like it was like that time I tried to record teen wolf on TV, but I ended up like choosing the wrong channel and I got an hour of monster trucks and I was like, eh, whatever, same difference. I'm okay with monster trucks, but you know, like what I mean? Like you get that, 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 that look, right. That, that, that look that makes it feel, it makes it feel weirdly authentic because of like, it's purposely like downgraded. Um, so, but, like, which I know, I, I mean, I think that that's what draw you to this because it's like, sorry, what drew you to this because of the purposeful nature of WNUF doing their, their spooky, um, like news coverage that night. And there's some breadcrumbs. It takes, it's a, it's a little bit of a, well, that's the other thing I'll say too. It's a slow burn, right? Like it's, it's a fun watch once you know what's going on. And once you understand, like the first time through, I did enjoy it, but I kept waiting for something else to happen. And then it all happened all at once. It could have been paced better. I'll just put it that way. Um, but going through a second time, knowing what was coming, I did enjoy it more. And they, they got the, that, 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 that mid eighties, like, like, um, small station TV broadcast feel correct. I'm like that's a hard thing to pull off. Cause there's so much stuff now. Uh, and I'm talking too much where people are like, yeah, it's retro. It looks like eighties. Like, nope, nope. You're not like you, you're not getting it right. Somehow the WNF special, it gets it right. You know, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to dispute, um, the, the appearance of it. Cause it is, it's, it is, um, it's, it's it looks like I would take, take this like forbidden, forbidden videotape and be like, Hey, you want to watch some shit and show it to you guys. It's, it's, it's perfectly done like that. Yeah, and that's part of its appeal for me is, is you know, I, I I was trying to say earlier that I feel like it's nostalgia done right. Um, you know, it's look, I know nostalgia is a dangerous thing, but like the way they're presenting it, it felt like, oh my god, I'm I'm I, having grown up in, you know, Sandusky, Ohio with TV channels coming in from Cleveland and Toledo. I'm very familiar with that sort of uh and Cleveland and Toledo aren't technically small towns, but that that locally produced television special, mm -hmm. like that feel, like that that is all over this, and they they do such a good job of using like B footage that they acquired and coming up with fake businesses and you know uh, human interest stories about you know the dentist who is uh, buying back candy and you know. Uh, I just how I upsetting was, really, was it that we had the veteran that shot the kid 
because he thought he had PTSD and was like, oh, it's the Viet Cong. You're like, oh, shit. Like, that's upsetting. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and it's like, oh, that's bad. It's like, somehow that, like, it's gotten worse. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. But that's um, the type of thing that would have been slid in. On, no, for uh, sure. On, on a local news news affiliate in 1987. Yeah, like, you know, absolutely. it would be, there's a wacky dentist who's buying back candy. By the way, kid died. Um, you know, that's totally, uh, local, local news. I mean, it's the news in general it bleeds. Yeah. It leads. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be a witch that, with the, the, the most wobbly witch hat ever. As I talk, like she talked, the whole thing kept bobbing. I, Steve, I don't know if you know, like the, the witch hat kept bobbing up and down. She's talking. I'm like, just actually, you- that scene is, uh, what you're talking about is actually, um, uh, as again, one of the things that, why I liked it better watching it last night than I think I did before. There's a joke in there. And I didn't even notice it the first time through because she's basically she says, I don't even watch G.I. Joe. Um, oh, gee, yeah, you're, you're like, oh, no. There's a joke, yeah. there's a joke buried in the end of that news section. Um, and that's some of the things I was noticing was that I was like, actually, a lot of these commercials and news footage things are very funny. They are. Um, yes. And I think the first time through, I was like, why am I continuing to watch these commercials? Because I think, Steve, you're right. There's too many of them. But um I'm watching this going, but now watching it more and more, kind of like the Star Wars holiday special where the commercials are almost better than the actual product in all the uh, bootlegs, that that's more fun to watch than uh, the actual show. So I found myself thinking about that when watching WNUF last night. I was like, actually, these commercials are the real, like, thing worth looking at because they got it right this. they got that like mid like that low market mid market right um steve what's the name of the gentleman that had like that furniture store in cleveland that was like if you can't get it from me like better price for me you can't get it from anybody the guy that like you know the guy oh, with the, yeah. oh he had the ponytail and like talking about yeah. and i can't because he got so like you'll be there's a gentleman that's like he had a furniture store like chain in Cleveland. He was attacked at by a dog at a young age, so his vocal cords got messed up. So he, he's at a whisper, right? He's always at a whisper. But his his late night commercials that I play like during Saturday Night Live are the most weirdo goddamn things you've ever seen. And, and then there was actually Steve. Do you remember there was a Super Bowl commercial like for Taco Bell where they actually targeted like four different markets of like local people and it looks like one of those local commercials, but then they cut it and make it a Taco Bell commercial. That was one of his like for Cleveland. Oh yeah. Um, but it's like, if you can't get it from me, you can't get it nowhere. Like it just, it was so creepy. <laughs> and I remember, uh, Oh, years and years ago, I was like out in Elyria, Ohio, like near your neck of the woods. Uh, well, at some point there was an evil dead showing and, um, they had like, um, what was it? The, the ladies of evil dead there. But then um, uh, they had him there as well. He just stood up in the crowd and waved at people. I'm like, oh, shit, it's that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's that weird kind of energy from local commercials, right? And this movie has this in spades. And it's just like, it's a lot of fun because it's like, it's like it, it walks the line between like an actual commercial and then also like, like vaguely threatening or vaguely weird. So I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, and a lot of the commercials also have um, uh, that feel that a lot of local, locally produced commercials yes. had, where something is actually like a double entendre, and they don't really mean it to be. Like it's like you know, I, I can't remember what one of them had a name that I was like, that's marginally offensive, <clears throat> and then I realized it was the point, but I can't remember. That was the joke. 
that it was a that the slogan of some local business was basically borderline racist. Um, and that was sort of the joke that you would see that on a lot of those. They didn't think they were saying anything wrong. Um, they just were, you know, their slogan is just problematic. And you'd be like, I don't think they know what that means. Um, you know, but there was a little bit of that in these commercials too that I liked. That, yeah. you know, that that feeling of really cheaply produced. But like what this one was like, I'll make you smile. It's like that's a threat. You know, yeah. like yeah. Steve, by the way, it was uh Mark Norton, I think I think his name was Norton Furniture, right? Like that thing that was the one. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you Nathaniel, you should look them up. They're goddamn weird I, commercials. It's just so weird. It, yeah. So weird. Like in my home, like where I grew up in West Virginia, there was some something called uh, Grandma's House, which was a furniture like seller. And then they had this guy that was dressed up in drag, had a mustache, he was grandma, and it was always like just him just being in drag as a grandma running around like selling stuff. You're like, yeah. Only local audiences would get that. But I always remember Grandma's house, uh, Big Red Barn near Nutter Fort. Nutter Fort was an actual fort. That's not a that's not a port name. Anyway, so continue. Um, yeah. But I love this this local small town commercial quality. And it is endearing, but you're right. And Steve's right. Like it leans a little too much into it. And also, if I keep seeing the bumper for the WNUF Halloween special with the blood and the scream, I'm going to rip my head off and throw it out a window. They do it a lot. They do, but they would have back then. I mean, no, for sure. That, yeah. so yeah, we didn't even talk about like the setup, which again, if people have not watched this, they should, you have your newscast. And then we have our, what was it? Our, um, our, our main, um, anchor, sorry, reporter at the scene of this house. That's supposed to be there. This house, like this vicious, like basically like an Amityville style murder. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's very much influenced by, um, uh, the Dakota uh, murder. I think that's his name. Um, that uh, Dakota murder. That was the Amityville horrors backstory. Yeah. yeah. Cause we even get like the, um, what was it? The, um, the stand-ins for that, the, the husband and wife, which is really funny to me cause they're, just, they're pieces of shit as well. But we have like this whole thing. It's like, we're Warrens, gonna, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Warrens, right. The Warrens and their yeah, cat. Definitely based on the Warrens, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing is like, we keep like, we're going to go in, we're going to investigate. We're going to like figure out what's going on. Uh, but also like, so yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like, this is going on and like, maybe like, I think my favorite part of the investigative, like things outside is that whenever the, the gentleman who's the reporter, who's a complete dick, which my second time through watching this, Steve, I don't know if you know this or not. He had like the, um, like the, the spray tan face like yeah. on, but it stopped at his ears and his neck was like bright white. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. It was really funny. Like he, yeah. he couldn't yeah. even like t- take the time to do it. But I also like how like how dismissive he was at times of people. Like yeah. like well, the character he was definitely based half on um, uh, Geraldo. Yes. Uh, and then the other half was every local douchebag newscaster who thinks he's a big deal in his small regional station. Yes. Uh, uh, St- yeah. Steve will appreciate the name Carl Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody everybody back in Portland also knew if you if you you know the first time you see uh one of the local newscasters to like not talk to them cuz they're like gigantic yes. jerks yeah. and think they're a really big deal uh you know where they think they're Dan Rather but they're they're a regional you know uh, at a small regional station in southern Maine <laughs> you know they're not exactly getting the national exposure right uh, but yeah. they would assume themselves to be local celebrities. Yeah. Um, you know, Kent Brockman. 
Yes, yes, you know. that's that's the right call. But I love the bit yeah. where he's like talking to the one guy who's dressed up a vampire. It's like, how do you feel? About it? He's like, people died here. That's one of my favorite bits of this whole segment. This guy <laughs> just was like, just like what? Like I know. Anyway, so so yeah, we get them going in and like doing this investigation, and we also have a quote unquote priest that shows up, yeah. right? Like, um, and it's a lot of fun. So Steve, I, I I'm not going to. Like my only, like I said, my only problem with this whole thing is that it does like watching it a second time. It does um, plant the seeds of what's going to happen. I just don't think it does enough. Now I'm not saying you hit the hit the view over the head, but it doesn't give you enough that when we get to the turn, that it's warranted. That's all. It's still an well, amazing the, ending. I just don't think it's earned. That's all. Well, the turn the turn happens out of nowhere at the end of this thing. Yeah, which is uh, fine. And then, if and then you get it's enough. and then its final its final turn is uh, muddy and doesn't really connect either. But um, where we see that they see them dead, uh, being killed, the newscaster being killed. Then the next scene is the uh, they show the newscasters the week after, saying they haven't didn't know what happened to them, which tells us the viewer what we're watching is the copy that one of the cultists has edited. Um, and I'm like, as clever. But you're no, you, you, there's no real information to tell us that. Like that took me five minutes, you yeah. know, to be like, oh, that's what we're. Because I was like, wait, why are the newscasters not doing? Wasn't that broadcast live? Like, didn't we see the guy get his tongue ripped out next to a bunch of corpses? And I guess not. And that's when you see the. They remind you that the film opens with a play on the screen, like someone puts a tape in and hits play. That what we're watching is someone's copy of it. And then the twist being that copy, the person that we are standing in for is a cultist. Um, but it's muddy. It doesn't work. Uh, I, I think it you have works. to just, stitch it, that out. Yeah. So like it works, but they, not by much. I'll just put it conceptually, that way. Conceptually, it works. Uh, but it's such the, a fun the, idea. Yeah. It's such a fun idea. So, yeah. Steve, I'm sorry. I, I'm not. You said like I. you're right. I have a different reaction to it than you did. Um, I'm not saying I didn't like this. I'm just saying that like 30, 40 minutes in, I was promised something that didn't get there. You know what I mean? Like I was waiting for like this other shoe to drop and then it was like, boom, boom, boom. And it's like, which is fine. I don't have a problem with like things going haywire in the end of a movie. It's just, it was, it was like 90% of the way there. And if it just would have like crossed the finish line the right way, this would be, I, I still think it's fun. Um, but like, so like the other night, um, I was like getting ready to, to watch these for the show. And, um, I asked my wife, I was like, do you want to watch some like, you know, like Halloween stuff? Cause she's never heard of this, that or ghost watch. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm down. She's like, what is it? I'm like, you know what? I, I was about to start talking about it. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to tell you. And so she it was a much better reaction for her, but about, about a third of the way through, she's like, Oh, I'm feeling so nostalgic. And I just want to be like, Mm, that's the point anyway, but yeah, she enjoyed it a great deal. So Steve, so I, Mary liked this a lot more than I did. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying in terms of like, like mm, it was almost there. It was almost there. Please respond. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, you may be holding it to a higher standard than I am. Um, I'm kind of, in a point right now. Uh, well, I shouldn't say right now, uh, as of, the last couple of years where I guess I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm an easier critic or maybe I'm just don't care as long as I'm laughing or enjoying. 
Because I, I, I'll admit, yeah, I did get swept up in that nostalgic feel, and I do like putting it on because it's like putting on a, you know, a, a warm uh, coat or, you know, uh, eating a big pack, a uh, big uh, bowl of mac and cheese, you know, that comfort food type feel. Like there is something about it that I got lost in in that regard. But for me, it just, I don't know. I, even with the ending coming quick, it also felt very much of how things would often go in scripted television in the 80s. So um, I guess maybe I, I didn't have as much of an issue with that. And I, I can't I can't defend, you know, uh, against your criticisms, like they're genuine criticisms and they're good ones. Um, I just can say that, like, for me, as long as I have a good time with something, I'm less inclined to break it down um whereas i used to be very much like i'm gonna tell you why this sucked um <laughs> so well, that's what I, I i try that's why i mean our podcast is deliberately like trying not to be that guy as much as possible but sometimes it happens um but no i i i think i think we're all seem to be in the same agreement that generally this is a pretty uh inoffensive watch yeah, like, like I think know, I've rated this like three stars every time on a letterbox I've watched it, which is like I yeah, think that's perfectly fine. good. Uh, you know, like yeah, you know. it's fine. Um, yeah, I mean it is what it is, and um, but I don't know if anybody has called this you know like cinematic greatness to the point that you know it needs defense from criticism. I think everybody accepts this movie. The only problem I would say is that the first time I watched it, I was getting bored, and that's never a good sign. Um, but this time around, knowing what it was. I was much more engaged, which mm-hmm. is very strange because usually it's the opposite. Um, but like Paul said, there's little hints in the beginning of this film that's like, this is what's going to happen down the road. Uh, and now look at this big set piece. But in reality, we already told you uh, what the real horror of the story is going to be. Um, but no, then that stuff you notice the second time, not really the first time. Yeah, and it's, so. just, and I, like, and I, like, it's just, I, I just need just a smidge more of that, but I also do like, um, how the Warrens, whatever their names are, how like their shit gets wrecked and their cat just gets eviscerated, <laughs> like, which I'm not against cat. De- I'm, I'm like, I'm anti-cat death. Right. But it's how like everything's turning sideways for them. And then they do the, there's the bit that's really funny with the, the call in seance. <laughs> All the yeah. entire time, they're like, the one guy's like, I have a question. Who's going to pay for my equipment? <laughs> like, <laughs> and then also with the priest, we find out he's not really a priest and how the, 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 the like the anchor, the, sorry, the reporter knows it. Right. But he keeps trying to press yeah. him for like this moment. Um, and there's that bit when he, like, he, like the, the priest quote unquote freaks out and we get that quick bit of him pissing himself. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's so it's so fun. Like I just I don't know. Like he keeps being like, that, that, oh, yeah. That whole scene is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, where yeah. he's like, where the guy finally says he's fed up, and he's like, I am not actually a priest. I'm an actor. And then the guy, turned, the anchor turns around, like, you selfish son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> like you know. Like yeah. he's not the one being super selfish. But I also like that they, they they send the uh, the brave intern in. Right, you hear him just like yeah, hyperventilating. Hyperventilating. <laughs> yeah. No, that's gonna be the second yeah. time around. I noticed how funny this movie really is. Yeah, um, no, it's it's a lot of fun for sure. Yes. Yeah, it's such a funny movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, in the subtle way he makes fun of the they're not Warrens. You know, at the beginning, like, uh, just just uh, just one great bit of uh, two of um can I call you Ed or whatever his name is? And he goes, I'd prefer Dr. 
Yeah, uh, right. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just there for half a second, and you just go, "Wait, what?" Um, and then it they just, keep going. It's how derogatory the 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 the, um, the, uh, the news guy is towards the crowd. He talks to all of them like they're idiots. It's so much fun. I he love gets it more and so- more frustrated as they won't answer his question directly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like there's one that literally just sort of smiles at him uh, and <laughs> yeah. says nothing, and he's like. What's going on? And then the one girl that's uh, all then, about like, yeah, like the, yeah, she's like, did you see a ghost? She's like, yeah, I think it's a happy ghost or whatever. It was so stupid. I loved it. You really, you, it's like your grandma stays around to watch over you. Uh, you mean like the way your parents sold your dog to uh, to the farm? Will <laughs> <or> be happy. <laughs> and it's a response with, we didn't have a dog, and it's and he has a half a beat of like exhaustion crosses his face, and it's very funny. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, there's a lot of great comedy. I would argue your, that this uh, film wouldn't work as well as it does without that guy playing that guy. You know what I mean? No, like he's great. He he's carries it so much. It's so much fun. But yeah, like, um, yeah. Then also like the bit, whatever we're doing, like the, the, the pre-tape piece about the Warrens or whatever the names are, where they put the headphones on the cat. It just, yeah. it just, it just, my wife, Mary just like lost it. <laughs> and that's why she decided to make that her Facebook photo. And then like, there's like her, like her, whatever, like the larger photo, like the, you know, the background is like of the, of them putting the headphones on the cat. It's, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. So yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so Steve, yes. Thank you for, for giving me this, uh, a double bot Blu-ray. Uh, and there's also special features I've not gotten to like I, I should, but I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it more the second time through. That, they, and Nathaniel's right. Like that is, that's not always the case. You know what I mean? Like it's just, but once, like once you know what's going on and what the the end result is, you can, you're not, you're not frustrated by the ending because you already know what's coming. So you can appreciate the nuance there. Yeah. And the execution of this thing is like, there's so many like, and you guys could both speak to this where everyone's trying to emulate the look of something from the eighties or the vibe of something from the eighties, because you know, somehow the eighties were the greatest decade ever <clears throat> citation needed. Uh, it's like, they got it right. They got it right. And it's like, it's a hell of a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it could have been much more wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but they found a way, especially with the commercials where it's like, I don't know how to describe it. Like they, they nailed it. I just, again, they, the, the overlying on the commercials and just, the momentum kind of falls apart in the second half. And then to yeah. the point to where when we get to the ending, it's like, Oh shit, that's, that's pretty interesting and crazy. It's just, it was there, there, it could have been better. I still enjoy it. I appreciate that. I own it. So Steve, thank you for one, giving it to me and two, wanting to talk about it. And I've talked too much. So, but yeah, Steve, please your rebuttal. Uh, well, I mean, you're, you're welcome for your copy. And, uh, you know, the last thing that I'll say about it is, and you guys were kind of commenting on this uh, a little bit, but uh, I think that for how small of a project this is, it's some of the best acting I've seen in like a independent movie like this. Mm-hmm. And I think what's great about it is, is that they all feel natural. Like nobody really feels like where I'm like, oh, that person's acting or, oh, that, you know, and in admittedly they're hamming it up as like 80s tv hosts or whatever but like it's so spot on and it's so well done i think that was something else that that really got me was was like everybody is like really good in the movie 
you know, whether it's the the two people playing the Warrens or whatever their yeah. character names were, you know, to Frank Stewart, uh, the the lead like host guy, um, to the two co-hosts of the like news um, portion before, and I've had that happen too. That was one of the other things I remember. I used to like set my VCR um, to record like at just different times because I you know would want to catch different things. But I would always overlap and like I would always be like, well, what was on before it? So like I'd tape like an hour before it and an hour after it for some reason. I used to do that a lot. But like you would get like news broadcasts and shit like, you know, at the end or before something. And I would sometimes go through those and and watch them and fast forward the commercials in the same way. So I think I also related on a very uh, I was going to say inane, but uh, a very. shallow uh precipice where i'm like oh i i was i i've done that i've fast forwarded a vcr mm-hmm. this movie speaks to me <laughs> but uh no in all seriousness i i think it's just such a fun movie and i guess uh that was really what i was looking for like this is something that i'll watch every halloween from now on. well now that now that i've showed it to my wife um yes it's going to be in the rotation it's a lot of fun you're right it's a, it is a lot of fun uh, the seventh flaws, absolutely. But like again, once you know what you're in for, it's a good time. So Nathaniel, I, I think you and I are landing on the same spot with this. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So. I mean, like like I said, it was much much more enjoyable second time. Yeah. Um, when I watched it last night, I was a little bit like, oh, actually, this is uh, this is actually really funny, which is something I didn't notice before, and uh, it very much does uh, expertly capture the undeserved self-importance of uh, local news broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this is ultimately its its most powerful satire is how anybody who was on TV at that time thought they were a big deal. And so all of this is, is or worked in TV. It's a big deal. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's um so it captures that perfectly. Um, also, I mean, I didn't know I had a thing for ladies in like uh, windbreaker, like pants suits, <laughs> but I, mean, I uh, apparently do. Um, <laughs> I, I have the biggest crush on uh, Veronica, the uh, the producer. Um, so yeah. I was like, you know what? That high waisted uh, neon pink belt is uh, is doing something for me, and. I didn't know that was a thing. So, so, the good news so is you, uh, this film has opened up a new, apparently a new fetish for me. Well, and, I mean, um, yeah, I, I'm, um, I've, I've been turned on by guys that have, uh, that, that have like spray tans and they're, they're just dicks to people. Somehow that does it for me too. So like, I get it. So no, um, no, <laughs> um, hey, this is, this is burgers pretty yacht too. Let's, uh, <laughs> you know, you got a thing for old bruts. It's, uh, so, all right. So here's a pro tip for everybody out there. Uh, like again, uh, Steve, you'll appreciate this. I think I've told you this story before. If you're ever watching TV and you see the local like uh, investigative reporter chasing your landlord with a microphone, you should probably move out move out where you're at. Um, so I told you this, Steve. Right? I saw Carl Monday chasing my landlord with a microphone here in Cleveland. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh no. 
don't I'm know like, if the market's right right, right now to buy yeah, probably not great. I should probably get out of here because clearly he's shady. If Carl Money's on your case, right? Like, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah. Uh, next film here is Ghost Watch, which you did recommend that we watch. This is a first time watch for you. Um, I had seen it previously. Nathaniel, you've seen it previously as well. Um, a few times, yeah. Oh, it is a hell of a thing. So again, people, uh, again, uh, I've already put the spoiler warning up. Go, go find this on um, internet uh, archive.org. Um, it is WNF's a good time. Please watch it. Uh, if you if you had to pick one of the two, watch this one. That's what I'll say about that. Uh, it is supposedly the way it was. It's it's framed the same way like War of the Worlds, you know, like the Mercury Theater, right? It's a whole thing. It's like it was slotted in like a regular time. It was produced by the BBC, and it like even they put up a title card and written by, but people didn't realize this. But it was supposedly an actual broadcast of the BBC about people investigating a, a haunted phenomena of this house with a mother with uh, two kids that they've been terrorized. And very British, British, British of like, we're going to be like, you know, analytical as all get out. We're going to have used like, you know, multiple ways to film this. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how else to say about the setup is that this, this, this house has been terrorized by something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Steve, why did you recommend this? I mean, I mean, aside from it being awesome, I know you're not seeing it. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. So I thought this would just be a good, you know, pairing you know i know that uh our good friend the el goro um has it on his i think yearly watch list and mm-hmm. i think he's a big fan of this as well and so i figured you know all, all the people that i know are really uh whose opinions i value are digging this because i remember you and saying mine. that you watched it yeah. last year as well yeah. and that you you really enjoyed it so, so well, it why not we covered it on Devil's Ball last year too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we're both we're both bad. Uh, yeah. We're both bad podcast po- like listeners of your. Sh- I, I, oh no, that's that's fine. I'm bad listeners of your shows too. <laughs> well, we go for seven hours. Nobody nobody listens to the show. I get it. It's fine. So yes, um, but yeah, um, but uh, yeah. Had I known previously, though, I would have just chosen this for its uh, egregious use of the word glory hole over and over again. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It really is. It's a, yeah, it is it is glorious hole, right? No, but like, um, so this this was made earlier than the because the WNAF special was a throwback to the eighties. Like it was purposely chosen of a specific time of broadcast. This when it was made was made for actual broadcast, so it was looking like the same broadcast standards at the time. That's why I mentioned War of the Worlds because it was like, you know, it was released. Like it could, like it was, uh, you know, was a contemporary release, right? So with this, uh, but the thing is, like, they even like said at the beginning, it's like, oh, this is part of like this like BBC series written by, and then people like tuned in later and they're like, oh Christ, what's going on? (laughs) Like, yeah. um, But I will say though, public panic. Yeah, I will say that this thing is, uh, it, it, like, I saw it last year, and then again, watching uh, WNF with my wife. I was like, we're going to watch Ghost Watch. She had no idea what she's getting into. And I can't tell you, the both of you, how much um, I enjoy her being a blank slate without, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's fun to watch somebody see something for the first time, sight unseen. Yeah. Like, and it's like, and I don't know about, the, like, I always, I always overread about everything, right? So, like, I always kind of, already kind of already have, like, an expectation. But watching somebody that has no idea what they're getting into, 
this was a delight the second time through. Because the first time I watched this, this thing just, it shook me. Like, how how does a BBC broadcast, like, like a, like a made-for-TV broadcast, screw you up so much? It's so intense. Oh, so uh, once, yeah. once it hits a certain point, it doesn't let up, and it becomes uh, it becomes a, a genuinely suspenseful uh, piece of uh, TV. Even though the first half it sort of drags a little bit, and then like yeah. suddenly it's just rapid fire. See, and this one, it, drag, it drags by design. There, like, yeah. I'll say I wouldn't that's the say it drags. I would say that it's completely stopped. The first forty-five minutes of this, I was just like, "This is dreadfully dull." Yeah. And I know, you know, what I just said about the WNUF and that like if you get me laughing or you, you you give me something to like grab onto um I'm yours for the movie I kept waiting for that moment and it doesn't come until the last third of the 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 film I don't know if it's like oh it is dull because this is how dull British television was back in the <laughs> 90s yes but I, I was so. just like I I get it. There's the gag with you know one of the crew hiding out with a mask, and there's the you know. Um, well, that's something that. Of, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's something that Paul kind of left out in his description. Though is these were pretty big names on the BBC. These were um, the the lead guy um, whose name I forget uh, was I think from what I understand was like the basically the British equivalent of like Dan Rather. Like he was a national news voice, um, and so someone once compared it. One of my friends compared it to be like, "This is like if we were watching a special on ABC and Dan Rather said, oh shit, ghosts.'" Yeah, uh, uh, Michael Parkinson. <laughs> you, know, you would you would buy it even if you knew it was fiction. Yeah. Rather, rather telling you that would be like you'd buy it. You'd, you'd well, yeah, be like, so, oh no, maybe yeah. Michael Parkinson was the the, the in studio host. Uh, Sarah yeah. Green, who actually hosted a chi- a, a kid show. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. So uh, they're very, actually a popular yeah. Saturday morning kids. Show. Yeah, yeah. So they're known people here. Right. So that's, it's, yeah. Like what you're and saying. And the guy with the mask is, uh, one of the stars of red dwarf. Yeah. Craig Charles, which yeah. when yeah. Mary pointed that out to me the second time through, I was like, I don't like this <laughs> as much now. I'm so, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, I'm not a red dwarf fan, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, but like, that's, can, anyway. can I ask a quick question? Just popped into my head. It's your show. Come on. And, and I think this might be why, I didn't jump into this with a lot of enthusiasm in the first 40, or I shouldn't say jump in. I didn't have a lot of enthusiasm for the first, say 45 minutes. Do you like ghost hunting shows at all? And uh, Paul, I'm pretty sure I know your answer. <laughs> it's but- funny that funny that you asked this. Cause I actually talked uh, when Sam and I did it, Sam talked about how he likes uh, ghost hunter shows. And I don't. I don't really care for them at all, which I noted was interesting because I actually really, really enjoy Ghostwatch. But I can't watch Ghost Hunter shows. Um, you know, much for the same reason I can enjoy Grave Encounters, the movie Grave Encounters, even though I would never watch an actual ghost show. Uh, but that show, much like WNUF, uh, those films were really good at portraying the irritating self-importance of people who do these types of things. Mm-hmm. I think what I liked about ghost watch is that these people, again, it, it might depend on your knowledge of it beforehand or what you know about the performers or what have you. But there is something endearing about watching people that I know are not normally doing this 
doing this. And so there's this yeah. feeling of uh, probably pretty stuffy news people uh, kind of letting their hair down a little bit and they're joking around with each other. Um, it's stuffy and British. Uh, they don't have feelings, but I mean, like they, you know, they, but they're, I, that was a joke, but no laugh. Crap. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, you know, so, yeah. No, oh, shit. But yeah. My father was British, sir. I mean, oh, God. Um, I'm so sorry. But no. Uh, but no, the um, but I think there is something that still is endearing about it that maybe I don't notice. But I think you're right. I mean, I do think the first 45 minutes, uh, it, it it doesn't it, this movie, this doesn't start off leaving you breathless for sure. I mean, it's it's a slow. So maybe, maybe I'll put it this way. This is not dissimilar to like Prince of darkness where you bringing multiple, like uh, different, like, like uh, schools of thought to examine a problem. And they're all approaching it from like a scientific, scientific, like analytical basis. And then it takes a bit for it to boil over this where it's like you, we have the BBC, they, they like staunch reporting. And then we like, they have like the ghost hunters that show up, like that's in the truck, um, like the production truck. And they have like the, uh, like, you know, the, um, Oh, what was it? Like the, the cameras that are all about like, you know, like the showing the heat signatures and shit. Like it's very dry, but that's kind of like, I get it. It's like, it's the whole thing is like, like they have to be like super serious because that like stiff upper lip and all that. Like, I, like I get that. So like, I, I'm in, right? But they still pepper in things the entire time, right? Like I, so I think they set up the, like the whole thing a lot better, especially when we believe the mother, like who, like we, well, we see that when we see the original video footage of like the girls in the bedroom, and then like everything turns haywire, right? Like somehow that also being a thing where they have all those cameras in the house, and some of that footage is a little degraded, so it feels real. Right. And then when we get later where it's like, somebody's like, I see something in the corner. Um, you can tell me I'm wrong. I don't think they show, uh, the thing in the corner the first time through. And that puts you like on an uneven footing through the rest of the presentation. But in fact, there are YouTube videos of, um, that will specifically point out all the pipes appearances. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen this movie a million times or whatever, 10 times, what have you. Yep. And there, wait, 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 a million or I, 10? Where are you at with that? Where, like, no, they're, they're, they're. <laughs> but I watched a YouTube video showing where all the pipes, uh, things were. I had never noticed half of them. No, no, um, that's fair. That's he's fair. He's all like, yeah. the place, including yeah. in the first 40 minutes. Okay. Um, you just don't really notice it. Um, but there, he's there the whole time. And it's really, uh, it's unsettling to just think about like the way we perceive TV um, that you just don't notice these little details yeah. throughout the thing. And I think it's probably putting a subconscious idea that something's wrong in your head. Well, yeah, uh, you it's, also, like, it's, it's one of those things that you see something. It's like, it's so fast. Like you, like you, you maybe not put it together, but something's upsetting. Right. So, so Steve to you, like back to you, like, like, okay, maybe if you watch this again, maybe there's more there the first time through. But like, like you said, like the first 45 minutes, you're like, I don't know about this. And then you actually specifically mentioned the, um, like the weird, like circular water spot on the floor that showed up. <laughs> that was like, almost like one of those crop circles that you almost expect. You could have easily made that a Led Zeppelin cover. 
Like, you know, like you could have made it and you're like, that's not how water spills. Like you're like, and I love, I love, I love that. That was the thing that you're like, I'm out. <laughs> that was so well, great. I just, well, I, I, I basically ter- took the quote from Ghostbusters. No human being would stack books like this to no human being would pour out water like this. Like no. it was just, it's one of those things that it's one of the things that I don't like about ghost hunting shows is that they try and find significance in the stupidest things. And it's usually, you know, two or three idiots scaring each other in a, a, a dark room. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, uh, and trying to make, you know, m- mountains out of mohills of things that really aren't even that fascinating. Um, and that's what I, I took from, from that piece where I'm like, yeah, that's that's something. There's a, a a circle of water on the floor. Right. Right. Like I I just it was one of those things that just didn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the movie picks up and I'll I'll say that yeah, I'm with it in its second half. Yeah. But like I just I was like, you know, again, maybe I'm expecting too much from it because of WNUF, but I'm like, oh, they could have had some real fun with like the people outside the house cuz they have a similar setup. Yeah, where it's absolutely. literally like a yeah. crowd of people outside. And, yeah, and then the, but, but, but what Nathaniel was speaking to, there is a brief bit where we see uh, the the specter, right? We talk about pipes, which is what, what the young girl calls the, the thing, right? Because you hear the pipes banging, right? So, um, and it's like, it's one of those things that I saw the first time through. And for whatever reason, I didn't see it the second time. So I was like questioning myself, <laughs> you know, like, but we see pipes showing up over and over again in this. And it's like, yeah, it he's is. in the crowd. Yeah, it's Close. like it's very like yeah. I, I saw him the first time and I'm like, is that is that the shadow in the curtain from Three Men and a Baby? Is that what's going on? Anyway, so like do you guys <laughs> Yes, I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about. I the Three Men and a Little Baby ghost, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, is that what's going on? Anyway, so yeah. No, but like there's so much layering in there and then like like the the setting up of the cats and the setting up of like the the, the glory hole the like the small room off to the left right like but also, my husband and I call this the glory hole yeah and you're like oh no <laughs> where's your fanny at anyway so um no um but and like then he also me. but like the like the host that the the young lady that we talk about her being like a children show shows ho- children show host trying to make sure the daughters are okay. And still trying to engage with them, but then the mother's out in the truck, like watching. There's something about that's very endearing, where it's like you can tell that like it's not there's not a malicious intent with this. That goes a long way. And they're all witnesses. And that and then also the multiple cameras, we have the one on the upstairs and then the bedrooms and whatever. Like something about that. It's like it is because it's so stationary, it's way scarier to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it feels matter of fact, which this is what years before Blair Witch and also years, what, what, like four years, four or five years before Blair Witch and then years before Paranormal Activity. How does this do this? Like to the point where I still get goosebumps watching this, you know what I mean? Like it just, it shouldn't work, but my God. Yeah. 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 It absolutely shouldn't, but you're right. Last night I was, um, I was kind of only half watching it. Um, and I was just sort of like kind of milling about and I, uh, then I suddenly noticed that at one point I just stopped whatever else I was doing and was just engrossed. And I was like, this is actually really intense. Um, and it's fascinating to me that like BBC TV would kind of just kind of cobble that together and actually make this, uh, have a really suspenseful 
uh, fascinating ending. Yeah, well, they, um, they were kind of against it, like to be honest. They're like, oh, this might be yeah. too much. That's why we have the title card and also like um, the, the writer card to show that yeah. it was a dramatic presentation. And also the number, I don't know if you saw this or not in the trivia, the number they kept flashing for like their call-in was the actual number people could call in. And originally it was supposed to be a recorded voice saying what you're seeing is a, it's, it, it's fake, right? Yeah. But mm. this, the, the switchboard got over, like just, it got overloaded. Yeah. So people heard busy signals. They're like, Oh shit, ghosts are real. We're going to freak out right now. You know, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's now, that number I believe is zero eight one eight one one eight one eight one. Yeah. Oh, that stuck with me for some reason. Don't know why. No, but it's yeah. like, but the fact that it's like people lost their yeah. goddamn minds watching this. Lost their that, minds watching this. Yeah. But then also that like we see like the, the the quote unquote like active callers calling in, and we're seeing a pattern of how of them investigating this is like spreading out. Yeah. Like, it's it's like oh it's like I just like it pays off so well. And again, my second time through. I'm, I'm sure if I watch this the third time, it's going to get like way better. But I also like that there's the one, the one person on set that is like the therapist that's trying to like whatever her, whatever her capacity is. Right. Um, Jenny slate. I'm kidding. Yeah. She thinks that Jenny slate. Um, mm. I'm not wrong. Anyway, trying to <laughs> like be like, like an advocate for the family, but also understanding like we can't explain what's going on. But just because we can't doesn't mean they're not going through trauma. That's such a like yeah. forward-thinking premise that like this the like you know but but even though when she keeps being challenged with like things that don't make sense, you're like oh god, like just you're almost there, you know, like yeah, like, like yeah. So yeah. it's like I love that bit. And there's also uh, what was it? Um, the gentleman from New York. Um, oh, I, 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 he looks like um. Oh, it was the one guy from the kids from the hall. He looks like the dick version of that guy. Like, I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, he's like, <laughs> go start real, which you could have, you could have subbed me in with the wig. I would have been in that guy. So yeah. Yeah. But he was an mm. asshole, but like watching that and then people calling in about how, like, what was it? The one table got shattered and like everything's going on and on and on and how like somehow whatever's going on here, we've given it a um, amplification and made it worse. We created a mass seance. Is yeah, I think what like, ultimately the parapsychologist says. That's the sneaky part of yeah. this, right? Like that's the part that's like we weren't thinking about it, right? So yeah. like I just, I don't know. Like I love this thing. I love it so much. So Steve, yeah. Sorry, we've been talking too much. Steve, where are you at with this? So I guess one of my questions is: is what was the motivation for the little girl to be faking it? Um, in the sense that like, I know she says like, you wanted us to show you something or I don't remember how she phrases it, but this is what you wanted or something along those lines. Yeah. Or we needed to show you blah, blah, blah. Well, cause and so, I don't know that that yeah. logic really works for me That's because fair. like, there's all this other shit going on. They didn't, she didn't have yeah, to manufacture. But, like, people are so quick to dismiss it. Right. And she wanted to like. She's like, you wanted to believe. You need to believe. I'm gonna show you how. It, like, th- like. So it's like, I get. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna fake this to to keep shining a light on because we're messed up. This is wrong. Like I, it's a. It, I agree with you. Um, it's an interesting like path to take. I don't think I've ever seen this before where it's like 
actual knowledge of supernatural phenomena happening in your house. However, you have a spotlight on you. And so meaning you have to take extra steps to try to justify that we're under duress. Like I agree with you, but it's like, I've not seen, I don't think I've ever seen like other things where it's like, yeah, I'm faking it to try to keep you paying attention because there's way worse going on. Okay. That's a, that's a fair answer. I just, it was one of the things that I kind of got stuck on, um, because you know, literally I think five minutes later she gets possessed. So fair enough. Yeah. So spoilers. (laughs) No, but I just, I don't know. Like, I love that. Like, this is what, like, you, you know, you know me, we've talked plenty about like, um, like ghosts and like supernatural stuff. Like, I have a hard line of like, well, you know, like I, I think I've told the story before on uh podcast. The thing, I, don't, I don't know if you heard this or not. Uh, many moons ago, I worked at a blockbuster. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I told the story or not. I was working there when Paranormal Activity came out on uh, on DVD, and I was working the one day, and I was like, I had butted heads with my manager about like sales of like candy or whatever. Right, I was annoyed. And the, this, this wait, wait, were you not pushing enough candy? Were you uh, not making enough sales? No, I wasn't. I, I didn't meet my targets, you know, you know, right. Who would have thought that was a thing, right? But am I the reason Blockbuster failed? Probably. Anyway, so, um, I was like, there was a mother and daughter and the daughter was older. Like she was like, you know, like probably late teens, early twenties. And they're like, Oh, Oh, like, well, we heard this is like, you know, ghosts and like based upon real events i'm like no no no, whatever whatever like and they're like they kept talking to me about it and i'm just trying to check them out and they kept pushing me and i eventually just like i just i just said to them like ghosts aren't real and uh my one co-worker to the right of me had to walk away from not laughing at the counter and so the mother and daughter was like well hers demons anyway i'm like oh that's way better <laughs> But yeah, I actively um, uh, told somebody ghosts aren't real and I'm trying to rent out paranormal activity. There we go. What am I doing? The Lord's work, sir. What are are my better moments in my life? Just so people know. Well, clearly you seem very proud of it. I am proud of it. It Ghosts aren't real, but I'm just saying like, but that doesn't mean that I'm not like all in right for a story. You give me, you give me rules. You give me groundwork. I'm in like, um, like was it like a week or two ago, I, I sat down and watched uh, session nine again with my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love session nine so much. Um, cause it, it, it gives you enough to make your own decision, but it also leaves you like unsure. I adore that film. Um, a couple of years ago, we watched the changeling. I love that film, right? Like it's just, I'm okay with supernatural. I'm okay with like ghost stories, but give me rules and I'm in like, regardless of my physical believing of things. Like also do I believe that like a human being and a fly can be merged and become a brundle fly? Probably not. You know, do I love, you know, it's just, we have our lines, right? And like, I think ghost watch always is straight faced so much that when like shit turns sideways, I'm in like, I think this is a really effective piece of storytelling. Right, you guys talk. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm babbling too much. No, I think you're right. I mean, I think that um, uh, other than the occasional point where he's uh, clearly about to break, um, Parkinson in particular, yeah. 
is keeping this thing grounded. Um, uh, in fact, there's the, that great scene where the uh, he's like, well, we have to shut the phone lines down now. And she says, no, no, we won't know what's going on. And he says, you're the expert. Tell me what you're supposed to know what's going on. And she's like, I don't know. And he has a look of, oh, that's terrible. Um, we're in <laughs> trouble. Um, no. But yeah, I mean, like there it's a it's such a the way this thing is constructed like you're getting your exposition from these phone calls um, and they don't feel like exposition because it's a phone call. It's a call in show. It's like, it feels like it's naturally occurring. Um, <clears throat> that's just all very subtle technique. Um, I did want to talk about, cause it's interesting that um, uh, Ghostwatch was presented as if it were real. WNUF is imitating that reality. But um, the believability of this, I think, along these with along with the Blair Witch Project, is what gives them their power. And I think that's uh, it's interesting that you guys chose these. Um, when the last couple of days, I've been seeing a lot of chatter about um, Blair Witch Project, and uh, someone, I guess, a Gen Zer or whatever. I don't keep track of what generation is what, but younger viewers are now calling it dubious that anybody believed the Blair Witch Project was real. And they're saying, well, nobody believed that. Nobody really believed that. And I'm like, well, no, we all did. We were all there. It was actually the pretty standard response because the Blair Witch Project was presented as reality. It's only really when someone, people started getting upset that they broke that illusion and said, no, 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 it's fiction. Um, even though if you thought about it for more than a couple of minutes, you'd realize it was fiction. You know, as soon as they say this is the last moments of three people, well, uh, it's obviously not because you're charging admission. Um, yeah. So, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. Um, that's called uh, that's called the stuff film. Yes. Uh, and you're not allowed to air those. Um, so, but the thing is, is that the way that film was presented, the way you heard about that movie was someone saying it was real. Um, and the point I think of the discourse from the start and the younger people saying, well, there's no way you believe that. Cause there's no way. Cause as if to say you're all very stupid to believe that, um, that happens with ghost watch a lot too, where people will be like, I can't believe anybody would buy that. What a gullible bunch of rubes. But the thing is, I was like, well, no, it's the presentation of it. Um, yeah, everybody would believe it was real. That's why it was brought up on charges. That's why the, the makers of ghost watch ended up having to pay out money in, uh, damages, uh, in uh, lawsuits because they said, uh, even though they said, well, look, we had a title card and we had a written by card and we thought that meant everybody knew it was fiction, but we didn't stop to think that maybe what we were doing and the, the, uh, uh, uh people we the personalities we put in this, that people are going to buy it. Yeah. Um, well, you, you know, Orson like Welles didn't know people were going to buy war of the worlds. Either, yes. You know, that's exactly uh, what I'm saying. So, so speak yeah. to this real quick. Um, so 18-year-old uh, factory worker uh, Martin Denham, who suffered from learning difficulties at the mental age of 13, uh, took his own life five days after this aired. Uh, the and so the family home had suffered with the fatality like around – like the, the whole thing was like he, he – there was um, – the house had some um, like structural issues. So the pipes were knocking and he thought that was related to pipes. As uh, the main, yeah. So he actually, uh, like, he wrote a note saying, like, you know, if there are ghosts, I will be with you always as a ghost. 
So like that's upsetting and sad. And so yeah. the family actually took took the BBC to court. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like that's, but like the same thing is like he was not in the right mindset, and he took the wrong thing. Like, but you can't you can't judge a family's grief. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not saying that. So I'm not saying that. Like I think I think that what they did in terms of presentation was enough. But that doesn't mean that you are absolved from consequence. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's fair. Um, (laughs) because this thing gets dark. It gets so goddamn dark with the powers involved. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and it's the same thing with Blair Witch Project. I mean, like it was all presented as real to the point that the natural inclination would be to believe it. Um, when you watch a regular show, a regular film, you're already there's a the, the reason why found footage is usually so uh, is so effective in general when it does work is because it's removing a a, a barrier um, not all the barriers but just like one more level of separation between you and mm-hmm. the fiction <laughs> what Ghostwatch does or what Blair Witch Project did um, what WNUF is uh, is imitating is the idea of what you are watching is harmful. In some manner, you're watching something true, um, and that because it's uh, worn down those barriers, it becomes possible, and so you, as a viewer, will start being like, "Well, maybe this is real," yeah. uh, even if you know it's not. And that's to me. I could see myself in '92, you know, sitting on a couch in England watching this thing and telling everybody it's not real, and then suddenly wondering maybe if it is, even for a second there would be a moment of doubt, you know, I'm like, wait, because even to Steve's point, like the weaknesses, same thing with WNUF, part of the weaknesses of both of these stories narratively as the way they're paced is because if you watched regular TV, new stuff, nothing happened, nothing ever happened. Uh, Geraldo, you know, and, and uh, most famously the uh, uh, Al Capone's fault. Yeah. You know, we're going to get out of We're going to find all yeah, kinds yeah, of crazy yeah. shit. It's like there's nothing in here. Uh, turns out he didn't have anything in here. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, after The Mummy came out, the Brendan Fraser one, there was a, a live TV special like Bill Pullman and a couple of guys go out to Egypt to like undo a, a, a unearth a mummy. Um, and everybody tuned in because everybody was hoping Bill Pullman would get his head ripped off by a mummy. <laughs> it was the only reason to watch it. Um, there would be no other purpose because the, the only reason to watch it would be, I hope this curse kicks in and we something see something really, really screwed up. Um, you know, actually, I think the way Sean Baby on the internet wrote about it was, um, we're really hoping to see this producer get his head ripped off and Bill Pullman kill some mummies with a gun. Um, you know, uh, but the only reason to watch it is because you're hoping something bad will happen. Yeah. Um, and so uh, some of the weaknesses, it, of these narratives is that nothing ever did. And so you're watching the show. They're like, well, maybe tonight we'll find real proof of the uh, afterlife, but probably not because everybody's done that already. And we haven't managed to find anything, but please keep tuning in. Maybe something bad will happen. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's so part of that, uh, stalling that's happening narratively in both of these films is a reflection of its medium, uh, which is, you know, particularly in WNUF, like, you know, there's a lot early on, particularly there's a lot of cut to commercial. 
where they say, like, he's like, well, we have to come back from the commercial. We're going to go see if we can piss off a demon in the basement. Um, mm-hmm. That's like the entire presentation. But it's so it's stalling. Come back in five minutes. Uh, and then maybe something bad will happen. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, Steve, about like the way this story doesn't really connect because – uh, those news reports really wouldn't connect with anybody either. The only reason we're watching is because we love a tragedy um, as human beings. We love seeing somebody else get hurt. Uh, and so we're watching this going, boy, I sure do hope Poltergeist tear this demon apart, uh, tear these kids apart. Um, we don't want to admit that to ourselves, but that's why we're watching. Um, and so it's 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 got to be a little slow, I think, just to sell the illusion of reality. Um, if that makes any sense. I rambled on there for a while, but I'm kind of making a commentary on both why a weakness would be in this story, but also how sick of uh, a society we actually are um, that this is the type of thing that would sell on late night TV. End of respond. There you go. Mm. Period. (laughs) Um, Uh. Sorry, didn't mean to ramble on there, but I hope I made sense. You did. So, Steve, Thanks. respond, please, and thank you. Uh, no, I don't know how to top that. Um, you know, I think that, you know, that's very valid points that he just made. And, you know, I, I admit that, like, I understand, you know, why it's dry and why it's, you know, uh, why it is structured the way that it is. Um, and I understand trying to keep that authenticism of, of an actual live broadcast. Um, I just, you know, it just it it took me a long time to get into this film where I was expecting to be in right away. Um, and, you know, maybe because I missed a lot of the appearances of pipes, there's there's a great one towards the end where like a cameraman's walking into like a shot and like it just picks up like his chest Mm -hmm. and then the camera moves back and it's just, he's gone already. Um, Maybe if I was more observant and the next time I watch it, maybe I'll get more out of it. But um, I guess, you know, for me, I I think it's really well done and uh, it went to a place that I did not expect it to go. I think that's what I did like about it. It's the same reason that I, I liked, um, Oh man, the James Wan flick that, uh, Malignant? has like just a, yeah that has just such a <clears throat> out of nowhere crazy twist for a james wan movie where i'm like all right now i'm in like i thought we were just doing our normal james wan stuff but like wait which suddenly one suddenly it's malignant the malignant, one that Steve was all malignant. in oh. the moment that happened the moment i was out <laughs> yeah and uh you know so you know i i guess for me i was just taken aback but i'm like wow they really went big with the ending like i was not expecting you know uh, a full-on like infecting the airwaves type ending i was not expecting that at all i thought it at worst we were gonna see like you know a a, a single shot of the little girl yeah standing in the doorway and you know like a very arty sort of ending but no they're like we're going balls to the walls we're gonna like screw up the studio and you know, have a, um, I don't remember the lead anchor's name, but uh, Parkinson, I think is what you said his name was. Yeah. 
Yeah, like right. Parkinson's yeah. disease. That's his name. Yeah. yeah, you know, sort of allude to being possessed at the very end, and like, yeah, I, I was, I was surprised by how far it went. Um, so that's where it really got it, it where it earned its stripes for me. Mm-hmm. Is that point once uh, the possession kicks in, and then things just start going extra haywire. Um, I have to say though, I didn't quite, I had to rewind. I didn't quite understand why the one cameraman went down, uh, in the one scene, I guess it was, um, it's a mirror that hits him. I believe something falls um, off the wall. Yeah. 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 For sure. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying that I think the real time presentation of this is, um, superior to WNUF, but like, it is what it like. The, like the fact that you suggested both of these, they are bookends. It's a fun night with both of them. Like, I think it's a great time. Like the fact that I get to sit down with my wife and she's never watched either one of these, like it, it, they're bangers, right. In their own way. And thank you for suggesting this because I know like, I don't know, like I just like um, these Halloween specials, like they, they, they scratch it differently. And they're both, they have their merits like, and thank you. And I'm so glad that you watch ghost watch and I, I hold it in higher esteem. Maybe you don't, but like Christ, I'm so glad that we could talk about it. It was such a, a, a both of these were fun to talk about. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. And I clearly missed the, uh, the calendar again. Cause I was like, Oh, we, we, we could have talked about yet another Friday the 13th movie. I, I don't think we've covered, uh, you know, um, oh, Jason goes to hell. I don't think we've covered that one, but uh, <laughs> no, 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 we still. Uh, well, if it makes you feel really better. Uh, Sam and I will be releasing uh, an episode on um, part seven tomorrow. <laughs> so. The new blood is that the new blood? Um, yeah, oh, headphones um, went up. Uh, did we already talk about the new blood, Steve? I, th- I don't know if we did that or not. I think I don't think we did. Uh, I'm I actually really like that one. I think John Carr Be- Beekler did some really cool stuff, and it's Kane's first outing as Jason. So, no, we've talked um, about six. Um, I, have we talked about X? <laughs> like, yeah, if we you talked about to, four. Yes, uh, no, we talked about like, um, the first, I, I think we talked about um, one, two, and four already. Um, we also talked about, um, five, I think we talked about five already. Like, um, but the, is it like the new, like whatever, we'll figure it out. But yeah, if you want to we'll do a cross episode of, of, uh, seven, we'll be down for that. We'll do Carrie versus Jason. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I forgot that, uh, that tomorrow was going to be Friday the 13th. So it's just funny that I didn't pick that. Oh, you mean the release date of this episode? So yeah. All right, yeah. So, yeah. So, all right. So, um, all right, to wrap it up, um, to get to the game, which is going to be goddamn stupid. I hope you guys appreciate that. Um, uh, Steve, thank you for recommending the WWF and Ghost Watch. Um, where, what were your final thoughts on both of them? Real quick. Uh, yeah, I think they're both worthy of your time. I would definitely recommend both. Um, I think it just depends upon what you're in for. If you're looking for more of a freak you out special, Ghost Watch is the way to go. If you're looking for, you know, uh, a bag of candy, uh, WNUF is the way to go. Fair enough. So, but they're both worthy of watching. Absolutely. And I do think they make a great double feature. Yeah. Nathaniel, where, where, where are you landing on this? 
Oh uh, yeah, same thing. Um, the the uh, they do actually make a surprisingly good double feature. Um, I watched them both back to back last night, and I really enjoyed them together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and I think I agree with Steve. I think if you're looking for a more substantial view, uh, Ghost Watch is the one. If you want something that's a little bit more uh, fun, like I said, WNUF is a surprisingly very funny movie. It gets, it gets uh, yeah. Just once you know what it is, it gets better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's uh, you can notice a lot of the 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 humor that it has. Um, it kind of is the, the reason why they work so well together, I think, is because WNUF is almost something of a parody of Ghostwatch. Like the the concept that Ghostwatch presents uh, is what WNUF is emulating. Um, and as a result, they can be a little bit more uh, winky maybe at it. Um, they can be Fair a little enough. bit more um, satirical, uh, whereas Ghostwatch is played painfully straight. Um I guess that there's a couple moments where Parkinson kind of nearly breaks. He's clearly having a good time, but this is all silly, Um, you know, but, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's still good fun. uh, And it's definitely an enjoyable way to spend your time. And they're both available for free. I actually didn't know WNUF was on um, archive.org. No, I didn't Uh, know. So I looked for it. I didn't realize it either. So yeah, everybody. Uh, yeah, it never would have occurred to me. They were usually uh, um, uh, WNUF. I think had been a staple on Tubi. I think for a long time. For some Ghost reason, Watch was on Shutter for two years. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Ghostwatch uh, recently got taken off. It was there yeah. like last month. But um, but yeah, these are um, these are available for free on the Internet Archive. And I didn't know that the WNUF was there. But yeah. um, so they're they're uh, you know impossibly cheap to watch. So um, I do highly recommend uh, giving those a check. Both, also, both of them, I mean, you can download it off the internet and put it on a thumb drive and put it on your TV and it will look fine mm-hmm. because it's supposed to look like that. Yes. Um, you know, you can't really make it look much better. Um, so <laughs> you can literally just transfer it from your computer to your TV and you'll get the exact same experience. You don't have to worry about um, uh, loss of quality. Um but yeah, they are, uh, especially if you were alive, I think, in the late 80s, early 90s, and remember the way we did things, um, you know, local television. Um, I haven't watched local television in years, but I assume it's not like this anymore. Um, but it, it's, um, it had a feel to it that um, you might even be nostalgic for. It might drive you nuts. It, for me, it's a little bit of both, but... Um, it definitely um, it hits the right buttons. I think both of these, and um, as throwbacks, and um, maybe a reminder of a, a simpler form of horror entertainment, um, and reminding us that um, Ghostwatch in particular, that horror doesn't require blood and guts to make oh, it work. Yeah, you're right. Uh, like that's that is and, it's way disturbing without no bloodshed. Absolutely. So it, it's, it doesn't need it. Um, and it, it, uh, the most violence it has is like a couple bumped heads. Um, you know, it's all, uh, and the fact that they were able to do this on what was clearly very little money for BBC, yeah. um, is sort of, it's also, I think if you are an aspiring filmmaker, I mean, might, might be one of the types of films you want to study is how did they do this? Um, and make this really engaging, suspenseful, uh, frightening, legitimately frightening uh, piece of television 
without ever offending anybody. Um, yeah. You know, so maybe that's worth looking into. Um, but yeah, I recommend them. Ghostwatch is one of those films I always forget about until someone brings it up. And then I'm like, oh, I have to watch that again. Mm. Um, but I watch it every year, usually around Halloween um, in October, because it is such a great, um, as a friend of mine would call it, a Halloween treat. Uh, oh. You know, and it's uh, sure. it's definitely worth it. Right. Yeah. So before you get to the game, so Nathaniel, where can people find you and what you're doing? Oh, sure. Um, uh, we are, uh, I'm one half of, uh, at the devil's ball with my podcast host. Uh, are, are, uh, you the, are you, are you, i sorry. Are you the at, are you the at that or are you the devils? Like where are you at? Where are you? Which the whole, the whole podcast is called at the devil's ball. Uh, which ball is it? Which, which ball is it? Left or right? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry, oh, oh, okay. I get it. Double the <laughs> Sorry. Missed it. Um, but, um, yeah, it's uh, at the devil's ball. Um, and, uh, we are available. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're going to be going to blue sky, um, sooner rather than later. Um, we won't leave Twitter behind until it's a complete, you know, completely gone. I'm sure. But, you know, uh, obviously that isn't great anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, we're there. We're over on social media. I think we're on Instagram, but I don't think we post anything there. Um, but yeah, we are. We're around, um, and we just try to talk about horror films and genre films in a positive and constructive manner. We just did The Crow. Um, we've got a Friday the Thirteenth episode coming out, and then I think we're doing another Halloween sequel um, next week. So, um, and then the Halloween specials coming up, and I think you two are both going to be invited for that, Sam's sending out invites but where we talk about scary stories to tell in the dark both mm. the film and the children's books that most of us grew up with um <laughs> so that's kind of us okay and steve where can people find you and support you uh you can find me on facebook under the saturday night slasher you can find me on instagram under the Saturday Night Slasher, you can find me on X or Twitter or whatever it's called. Um, I think I'm that Saturday guy or that Saturday Slasher on 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 Twitter. I don't use it very often. I usually go and look at it for about five minutes, and I'm like, I feel dirty. I need to get off of this place. So uh, maybe Twitter isn't the best way to find us. Uh, we also have a website, the SaturdayNightSlasher.com, or if you want to buy one of our comics, you can go to our Etsy store, which is The Art of the Slash. Right, and you can find the both of us at uh, Invasion of the Podcast at Facebook. Um, we have a blog that's Dusty AF. I need to add things to it. Um, it's, it's there. There's there's plenty of canon sequels. There's plenty of Year of the Western. There's a year of, uh, what was it, um, The Knockoff. Go check it out at InvasionOfThePodcast.com. Uh, but yeah, uh, so, all right, let's get to the game where I'm going to make the both of you uh, create a haunt. It's time to play the game. It's time to play the game. <laughs> all right, so this evening's game is that I have, um, I, I've created some criteria for a haunt because um, I like, it's a big deal in Ohio. I don't know, like I don't know, like and where you're at, Nathaniel. Like a bunch, bunch of um, haunted houses, like haunted attractions, 
Well, yeah. Ohio does a bunch of it, right? So it's spooky times. I'm going to uh, ask the both of you to help create a haunt. I have created a couple of different uh, categories, one through six. So since you are the guest tonight, so the first one is going to be the name of the haunt. I'm going to ask you to pick something one through six. I'm not going to tell you what it is. What is the name of the haunt? One through six. Pick one. Four. Four? All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there we go. And Steve, where are you at? You can't pick four. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'll go with two. <laughs> All right. You might like that. All right. So the next one we'll do here is the host. Um, I'm assuming I've not been to a haunted house in forever because um, I'm good. I don't need people like like scaring me randomly. I don't. I don't need to like you know uh, evacuate my bowels or whatever. It's fine. So um, so all right. So the host, the one, the master ceremony. Steve, I'm going to ask you this first. One through six. Uh, three. Three. All right. All right. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> Oh, you're going to love this one, Steve. All right, Nathaniel, one through six, not three. Uh, five. Five. Okay. Well, that's confusing, but I appreciate it. All right. So, all right, let me do this. All right. Um, all right. So, um, the main attraction. Sorry. So, no, sorry. Let me go back. Location. Location, location, location. It's important. Nathaniel, one through six. Where's the location of, the, of your haunt? Six. Six. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm loving this every, like so much. All right, Steve, one through five, because you can't pick six. One. One. Oh, <laughs> oh all right, here we go. All right. Uh, the main attraction, the like everybody's coming to your haunt, it has to be a thing, right? So, uh, Steve, one through six, what is the main attraction for your haunt? Um, five. All right. And Nathaniel, like, where are we at? You can't pick five. Two. Two. All right. All right. One of my favorites. So there we go. All right. So, um, I'm a hack and a fraud. So let, let's, let's see here. Um, we mentioned the host. Uh, what else we got here? Um, the name, the location, the main attraction, the host, uh, merch, like, um, like, you know, like, Hey, you have to sell something here. So, so Nathaniel one through six, what's the, what, what merchandise are you going to have one? One. Okay. All right. Steve, where are we at? Um, four, four. Okay. Not far off from what I thought you'd pick. So, all right. Put that way. Did I only do like five of these? I am a hack. All right. Oh, no. So your main attraction. Oh, you already already mentioned that. My God. All right. So let me go down to your tagline. Uh, Steve, what's the tagline? One through six. Three. Three. (laughs) Uh, Nathaniel, what what were you at with tagline? Uh, One. One. All right. Here we go. All right. I thought I came up with like six options. Clearly I did not. Um, I think I did. All right. Um, no, I did not. So, all right. So the name of your haunts. So, um, Steve, let's go with your, the name of your haunt, right? Okay. Let me, actually, let me go through the four you guys did not choose. 
Helltown, which is a joke because that's how Mary calls High Place Drifter every time we watch that film. I think it's funny. Um, uh, Corpse Again 2023, The Deadening. You guys didn't pick that. Uh, legally distinct from the Saw franchise. And then, because okay. it's like, oh, I want to play the game adjacent, right? And then number six, which I think this would have been the one that Steve would have picked if he had known, The Blood Factory, brought to you by Steak and Shake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably would have picked that. <laughs> so, Steve, you picked Margarita Kill. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. I do like that. Yeah, then, then you, know, you picked A Not So Quiet Place. That's the name of the, your haunt. So, all right, all right. Sounds like something I'd like to. Yeah, the location that you guys did not pick is I'm I'm, I'm going to read this a little out of order because I'm waiting for the hammer here. Um, the abandoned amusement park on the edge of town. Um, a field downwind from a wasteland. Oh, sorry, a wastewater treatment plant. A miniature golf course that has been closed since quote unquote the accident. So, uh, Nathaniel, you, like, sorry, Steve, you picked an open Dollar General store. <laughs> <laughs> that can be hell sometimes. <laughs> and Nathaniel, you picked your mom's house. So just let you oh. know. <laughs> uh, your mom's house. Yeah, it just is what it is, right? So the main attraction. Um, all right. So. The, the ones that you did not pick was uh, you literally kill every 20th person that passes through. Which I thought that was, I thought that was pretty great, right? Um, one of the 15 floors of Fright is actually a timeshare presentation. You did not pick that. Neither one of you. Um, so um, the person behind you knows how all this works and will actively provide commentary on every part of the haunt. That sounds like what you dealt with, Steve, when you were out in L.A., like out in California. Yeah, definitely. Then one free ride in the candy van. Note, you have no idea where the candy van actually came from, and you have no recollection of hiring its driver. Neither one of you picked that, so good. All right, so, um, so Steve, you picked a hayride that shows the terrifying effects of climate change. Wait, can you can you say that again? A hayride that shows the terrifying effects of climate change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know uh, uh, how you do that, but uh, it would be impressive to see. <laughs> and then Nathaniel, you picked a free-to-enter corn maze that you have to pay to exit. I have to do what? You have to pay to exit the corn maze. Like, you can't. Oh, it's free okay. to go. Like, which is a joke on the clerk's cartoon of like pay as you exit, right? So anyway, so I thought pay so, as right. you exit, sweet <laughs> deal. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, um, so the host, right? Okay. So the host. Um, oh, I, what? All right. You said sorry. Who said three on there? With the like, I think it was um, Steve. You said the host would be three, um, and I wrote. I just I messed this all up. So all right. I'm, 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 I'm a mess. All right. So the hosts you didn't choose are, um, syphilis Dan. <laughs> okay. Is he related to ass Dan? Yes. Um, shark, the clown. 
Um, Ew. That's my that's that's how that's my take on the Terrifier franchises. You know, that's that's art. It's Shark the Clown. Um, you know uh, what's funny is is that Kathy played Shark in Wordle and it took it. <laughs> um, all right, John Lovitz was not one of the the hosts, right? I thought that would be great. Um, also, Steve, you'll appreciate this one. It wasn't chosen. It's the lesser of the monster cereals. It's the shredded wheat scarecrow. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see the another brand try and create their own <laughs> monsters. So, all right. So for Nathaniel, you picked Helmo, which is a sexy demonic version of Elmo. That'd be the host of the hunt. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but weird boners all abound, right? And then Steve, <laughs> Steve, uh, like I, I wrote, I, I wrote this for you, and you picked it. Sharp hand, Joe. <laughs> I love sharp hand, Joe. <laughs> uh, that I mean, that's the Freddy. He's knockoff. not quite yeah. Freddy Krueger, but yeah. uh, he'll do in a pinch. Yeah. So all right. So here we go. Um, um, uh, let's do tagline. So, uh, you, so the taglines that you did not pick, um, oh man, I, okay. So which one of you said one, which one of you said three, my God, I, I put the wrong things down here. I think I said one. Okay, great. Good enough. All right. So, so the two, the, sorry, the ones you did not choose was you better believe it was one tagline. All right. Uh, say goodbye to your underwear. Um, <laughs> as seen on the Mari Povich show. Um, <laughs> you'll piss blood guaranteed. Neither one of you pick that. So, okay, that's good. Right. <laughs> Thank <Thanks>. God. <laughs> All right. So, um, Nathaniel, I appreciate this one. This is the America liberals want. That's the one I wrote, uh, for your haunt. And then for Steve, you wrote like this one you picked. I wrote it. I'm uh, sorry. Nobody wrote it. Uh, the only thing scarier is the lack of universal health care. That's the that's your tagline. For this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So once you get done with your haunt, here's the merch that you did not choose: a vial of ghost blood. Um, all the memories and friendships you made along the way. Uh, hastily, hastily marked down extras, exorcist believer merchandise. That's targeted at Nathaniel. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of franchise or shared universes that should not be, uh, Exodus, Exodus Believer. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So then, um, uh, the other one that uh, sorry, I'll, I'm gonna mention another one. I didn't I, I didn't actually mention yet, but I'll mention it at the end. Uh, so so Nathaniel, a slightly discounted shirt with last year's date on the, on it. They weren't even good enough to actually make a shirt for this year. All right. Nice. That, yeah. And then for you, Steve, a mystery bag that is leaking. That's what you picked. Like, is it a fast food bag? Is it a. Oh, oh Christ. Okay. So the, one, so the one I forgot to mention was a plastic jack o' lantern full of Arby's roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. All right, so how good do you guys think your haunts would be? I don't know. Like it's it's a lot here to take in. So, um, yeah. I so, do like the corn the corn maze. They have to pay to get out of. I do like that. A lot. <laughs> I like that. It's like <laughs> how do we do this, right? Like it's like the John Travolta meme, right? Like I'm just trying to get out. Um, yeah. Also, because I was like looking this up, 
my algorithm has been stupid. Show me haunts all the time, all the time, all the time. I'm like, no, no, no. Um, there's one local to us, Steve, that has a touch pass where you're giving permission for people to touch you. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm like, nah, I'm good. You know, like, no, 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 no. It's like, what's that mean? It's like you, they, they, some of these haunts where you'll put like a, a glow necklace on and that's like, it's the permission to touch you. I'm like, nah, I think, I think I'm good. You know, it's just, nah, this, this is not, um, this is not sexy at all. Do not touch me. You know, like, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand that either. Um, because where are they going to touch me? And what if I have a reflex in the sense of like punching somebody in the face? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's one thing to be, you know, have somebody jump out at you. It's another thing to have somebody like, you know, grab onto your shoulder or something and scare the piss out of you. And then, you know, fists start flying, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand extreme hots too, where they're like, we'll bring you within inches of your death. I'm like, no, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, you're like, listen, I've had Arby's. Thank you, sir. Right. Like, (laughs) 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 no, no, I just, like I, I came up with like the worst, like, I don't know. I'm like, I was trying to find like the dumbest things to say because everything's like haunted penitentiary, haunted mental hospital, haunted, whatever. Like, it's just like, calm down. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know about the both of you. We'll wrap this up here in a second. Cause we're, we're at three hours right now, which is actually conservative considering where I thought we were going to end up at. So give me mm-hmm. a second. Um, I honestly just, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm not against, I'm not against haunted houses. Don't get me wrong. It's not for me, but it's like a lot of this. It's like, like if you, if this is what it takes for you to feel real, maybe look at your life for a second. I don't know. I don't know how to say that. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, um, years and years and years ago, um, Steve, you like, um, you'll appreciate this. And Nathaniel, like one of my friends from college, um, uh, 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 Steve, um, the gentleman that would show up at like my steakathlon's grill dad, Chad, that would show up. He and I went to a haunted house and there's a bit where like, um, he were, he and I were waiting in line. He was like, you know what? Like, he's like, one of my favorite words is he's like goblins. And he just said it to me in line. That was one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite things because it's like to said it. And then later on he talked about like, he would always reference like words adjacent to goblins or goblets or whatever. And, but he and I went to like a haunted house. My, like my, it was one of my few dates I had in college, not with him. I mean, I should have chose him because you know, whatever, but it was one of those things. It's like, we were there. It was like so goddamn weird and stupid. Um, I just, I don't know, man, like haunts are okay. I'm not saying people can't do it, but my God, people lead into this shit so much. And if you have to do this to feel alive, Maybe, maybe look at yourself. That's all. Well, I I can say that I don't. I like haunts. I uh, like haunted houses. I certainly don't feel like I'm doing it because I I need to feel real. Um, I I do it because they're fun. No, oh, it's fun. It's fine. It's it's not. It's not my preference, but it is what it is. I've worked at a haunted house before years ago, but yeah, I get it. So anyway, so Nathaniel, thank you for coming on. Thank you for calling your shot. 
we do appreciate you. You are a friend regardless. Like, yeah, yeah. Thank you for podcasting, but we love you to death. And one day I think all of us are going to show up in your backyard and you're not going to deal with you. You will not know what to do with us. Oh, I hope so. That would be great. Yeah. Um, and same here. I mean, I've got a, I mean, I really do need to like come visit, uh, and, um, you know, be in the same room with Sam at some point. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, um, maybe not, but I mean, like, it's fine. Yeah, but just, you know, it's never, it'll get it's weird. Never it's fine. I've known him yeah, for like, yeah. I've known him for like a decade and I've never actually met him. So, I mean, um, but no, I, okay. I love you guys too. And I, I'm always happy to be on your show. Um, I always have a good time talking to you guys. And, so, um, so, what do you, so yeah, thanks yeah. for, so what are you covering next? Uh, we got Friday the 13th coming out. That, uh, that'll be tomorrow. The first after, one? The, the, uh, Friday the 13th, 7th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's coming out tomorrow okay. on Friday the 13th, which is the day tomorrow from when we're recording. I don't know when this will go up. but No, it'll be released uh, the 13th, actually. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so we have a couple of our, um, you know, and then we have a couple of Halloween films. We're doing our Halloween special with you. Um, and then, um, yeah, then we're going to finish up, I think, with um, the next installment of the Night of the Demons franchise, which I've been forcing Sam to progressively watch. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's been enjoying them, though, so it's worked out. But, like, you know, he, um, I think he was reluctant to it at the first point, but uh, at the beginning. But, um, but yeah, that's what we got coming up. And then I think in November, we're doing remakes, I think. That's our theme. So, fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, it's always great fun to talk to you guys and, um, and to come on uh, Invasion. I, I've always, I always have a good time when I come. So, thanks for having me. No, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Steve, I, you know, thank you as well. I mean, you're, yeah, th- the both of you, thank you. It's been fun. So, yes, thank you for suggesting this topic. I do appreciate it. It was a good, it's well, a good, um, it's a good selection, Steve, for sure. Yeah, well, I'm I'm happy to help. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm here for. I like to help the humans. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to do it for uh, us for now. Uh, everybody have a a good spooky season. I do think that I'm going to get people on in a couple of weeks to talk about uh, Kiss versus the Phantom of the Park. We'll make that work when we do. But in the meantime, have a good time. Um, just enjoy the spooky season, and also like um, I don't know, like um. Like, just don't listen to them pipes. Them them pipes are weird. Oh, Danny boy. <laughs> pipes is pipes is calling. <laughs> <laughs>